back after it felt like a while it has been a while it's been well two weeks because we did mm-hmm. not record this early at all um but it paid off because about half an hour into my watch yesterday you were like the subs are up so yeah <laughs> I, I was very happy to see those me too because I already had I already had like questions and clarifications lined up and I had already asked um I had messaged Willa and I was like maybe I'll message Miriam too and that way I'm not bugging I'm not asking one person for like 15 different scenes Mm -hmm. and then you were like the subs are ready and I was like oh hallelujah and then everything actually made sense because there was at one point he said something Ed does says something about Sarkon going into the sink and like I knew for a fact that's not what he was what she was trying to say but I was like sink like okay what's something equivalent like you know sometimes we can like in episode five when she's talking about looking up at the celebrities like okay we clearly knew that meant stars like you can kind of equate but I was like what the heck is a sink like I don't understand what that I like could not I couldn't figure out what it was they were actually trying to say (laughs) and I was like oh I'm in for a very long watch and then our sub angel came through so yeah hallelujah for him yep makes a big difference especially with stuff like there was a lot of wordplay in this episode and Mm -hmm. he explained all of it and then i like his little like in case you missed it yes they're the (laughs) best i love it his little parentheticals (laughs) oh my gosh okay i appreciate this i know i've missed those every week for us i mean Mm -hmm. i've gone through and like when the subs come out if we've recorded already i'll like watch like my favorite key scenes from the episode but i haven't been able to really do a full episode watch for the podcast until finally yesterday so right anyhow so it worked out nicely um welcome to dizzy for dizzy by the way um i'm Kristen. i'm ashley and if it wasn't apparent from us already diving right in the second we hit record we're talking about volume 45 of Sanchal Kapama today. Um, I actually don't think I have any housekeeping. So okay. do you have any housekeeping? No, I don't. Okay. Well, then I think we can just start talking. I think this is the earliest we've ever started talking about an episode two and a half minutes into <laughs> recording. I know, probably. And I thought I'd have, I'm like, I thought I'd have more to say because we've been gone for two weeks, but I'm like, no, I there's no really announcements or anything. So we can just chat about the episode. Um, okay. So we pick up pretty much where we, you know, right after where we left off in 44, they we found out the judge told them they have to live together for a temporary period of time. Right. Which, as we all know, probably would not happen in a legal court, but we love forced <laughs> proximity, so we don't care. <laughs> um, so it kind of picks up at Edda's house in her like yard that's like right by the water and stuff. Um, the whole family is just being chaos and arguing and inserting themselves where they don't belong. Um, you know, they're all arguing about like, well, how is this going to work and why this and why that the grandmas are of course arguing over who's the better grandma and all this other drama and just messy. Yes. And Ed Sarah honestly just sneaks away and I'm like, here for it. 
because really this concerns them and Kiraz. So they need to figure yeah. this out. Um, oh, and the other the other thing that's hinging on all of this is that they have to be completely honest with each other while they're um, in this living arrangement. So just being right. honest about feelings, frustrations, opinions about whatever, you know, raising Kira, whatever comes up, like they need to be honest with each other and not just like brush things off. So, um, don't you, you know, love Safi and Melo both susing I fair yes. at the same time? Our like little they deserve. ship, uh huh. Our little ship co captains are they they do well this episode because there's quite a few times where I'm like, Safi, hallelujah. Like later on in the episode at some I point, know. he's like, You guys just need to stop like fighting against this love, like to everyone yeah. else, like because yeah. you know, of course. Idon and Ifer are like, we don't want them back together. The flower, the florist girl and blah, 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 yeah. you know. And even Sevda makes an appearance again. And yeah, she called her that again again a couple episodes ago too. It's like, geez, lady. Oh, yeah, she did. You're right. That's This isn't the first time it's appeared. I forgot. So, um, just annoying. Yeah. So I so, appreciated that they both at the same exact time, they're both obviously fed up with oh. the two of them. They are us. (laughs) (laughs) They are representative of us. So while Ed Sarah's in the kitchen, um, they're talking about how like, okay, we're going to have to be honest. And of course, they're each, you know, jabbing the other one like, oh, well, you know, Ed is like, I know that's going to be hard for you because, you know, you kept an entire brain tumor from me and, and you told, and you kept medical information from me for five years and, but then but, she, he strikes back with the fact that she didn't tell him about his own kid for uh-huh. five years. So <laughs> we have a pretty level playing field here, <laughs> which I appreciated. Because, you know, of course they start bickering and because that's what Edser does. They're, they're very good at bickering with each other. Um, so they make a bet. And yes. It's of course it's Ada's idea, which I kind of loved that it's her idea because she's the one who ends up losing. <laughs> yes, uh huh. Because she was and, so sure she would not. Right. Because she tells him that if he lies, if she catches him in a lie, he has to leave immediately. And he's like, "Oh, okay, sure. You want to play that game? <sighs> then if I catch you in a lie, then I get to stay here for two more weeks." I love it. Well, and I also love that we get a conclusion to this bet within this episode because unlike yeah. unlike Honkare who makes bets all the time, we never actually get to see the conclusions of. <laughs> um, it just made me laugh too because I was like, oh, I wonder if the bet – I mean the bet thing fit for the storyline, but of course it was throwing all the Honkare shippers a bone. Um, yeah. Anyhow, I also liked too because after that then they – they agree on the bet. Well, and again, even though it's been five years, these two know each other because she's kind of like, uh, yeah, we'll see. And he's like, oh, so you're not even confident in your own skills. Like, which hmm. then, of course, edges her to be like, fine. Um, I do love that when they talk about they're going to have to eat soon. Um, oh, yeah. He – she's like, you know, we need to make a meal. For, it's like lunchtime or whatever, but we need to cook for Kiraz and have dinner together as a family right now. And she's like, good. You know what? I'm making the most unhealthy, high fat. Everything's being cooked in oil, you know, because Sarkhan. And I love it because he's like, listen, 
I'm ready to drink poison from your hands. So like do your worst. And I love it because it was – it's genuinely something super sweet, but it also Mm -hmm. worked as such a like – such a like – not a jab, but basically like, yeah, go ahead. Like – Right. But also – Yeah, go for it. Let's see what you can do, Edda Jim. But it reminded me of when they were eating all those desserts back in – I don't remember what episode it was. Sometime in the 20s. And he's like – I would – she's like, okay, you want a bite of this cake? It's strawberry. And he basically is like, listen, I would go to the hospital for you. Like, if you want me to eat a bite of this strawberry cake, I will. Um, and while he does not eat any strawberry cake this episode, somebody else does. So. <laughs> yeah, very true. So we get – uh switch over to Angan and Pearl and John heading back home. And um, they – are kind of chatting because and Pearl makes a foreshadowing statement mm-hmm. <laughs> about the fact that there are no lies between them. How lucky John is that he lives with a family where there are no lies between them. And yeah. Engin is a little bit like, yeah, true. And then he catches up with her and he says, oh, well, I, re- I, I found one. The fact that you didn't tell me about Kiraz. But, of course, you know, she's like, look, that wasn't my secret. Okay, so it doesn't really count. Then we get John asking to call Kiraz, mm-hmm. which was really cute. And we get this, like, triple phone call situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how they all have their own – well, Angan and Pearl probably just on their cell phones and John's on the house phone, right? Because I was yes. like, dang, three phone lines. But I was like, actually, that's not that weird. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I thought it was more weird that they actually have a house phone in 2021. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. Because I'm like, I haven't had a house phone since like 2009, 10. And even then, it was when we all lived together and we only had it because it was like cheap. We got it in a, that bundle and it was cheaper. Part of the package. Yeah. yeah but we didn't even use it. Like no, no. nobody called our house phone. Um, anyhow, but it is really cute. going crazy <laughs> yes, in the background. Yes, she's playing and she's growling like she's gonna kill kill her little toy she's just training ashley for the apocalypse so she can protect you when it comes she's i really believe that she could time is when she's really (laughs) playful and she has to she's so old but she's still so playful Mm -hmm. so yeah she's she's growling at it like it's a (laughs) trying to attack her so if you guys can hear that don't mind zuzu that that's normally jack too I mean, he's 12 and a half, but he's super energetic in the mornings. But since my parents are staying with us right now, he's, like, out in the living room with them. So he's not in here trying to, like, burn it all with me at the moment. (laughs) Um, But anyhow, so I love the triple phone call because, you know, John and Kiraz are just the cutest. You know, he's just basically chatting about family life with her. And he's just like, oh, you know, so it comes up that parents, you know, she she tells – John that um she's gonna show Sercon Bolat his bedroom that oh, he's gonna right. stay in and John's like what do you mean and it's so funny because he's like parents sleep in the same room like my parents sleep in the same room and she's like oh, got her chick ten met like what and then she's like but we have so many rooms in the house like everybody can have their own like mm-hmm. but then when she finds out that moms and dads sleep in the same room she latches on to that of course um and uh sarah khan's like telling ingen like you need to help me i need to catch edda in a lie and i love it because 
Ingen's like, bro, you're like not even honest with yourself. Like, and you mm-hmm. expect to like catch her in a lie. And Pearl yeah. basically tells Edda the same thing. Like, oh, so you're going to stop suppressing and uh, not acknowledging your feelings then? Like, you want to catch him in a lie, but you're living one yourself. Yeah. I like that they both got called out by their friends. I I really appreciated that because they obviously know what's really mm-hmm. happening. And, and I did like that Serkan was like, this is my last chance to mm-hmm. to woo her and to make her fall in love with me. So it's it's one of those situations. Again, a situation with the two of them where you see where they're both coming from. Mm-hmm. And then you see what's going to be working through little Kiraz uh-huh. <laughs> and her little uh, machinations. So it's... It was definitely um, – it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, I know where – I can see where this is going, uh-huh. and I like it. Yes, I agree. So they get off the phone. We kind of have a whole montage of them cooking together, and mm-hmm. it's very cute. Like, the way Sarah Khan just scoops Kiraz up, like, one-armed, and it- <laughs> <laughs> he does that, like, three times during this montage, and it's really funny. Um, just picks her up like a just, sack of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we get this whole cute musical family cooking of high fat foods. And then <laughs> I don't know if this was meant to be as hilarious as it was. It probably wasn't. <laughs> but when you <laughs> see Burak <laughs> standing outside. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Staring in like the little orphan redheaded stepchild. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, am I supposed to feel bad for him? Because I absolutely do not. Like, it was. I said, booba cries boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, booba. I was like, um, yeah, Yeah. I, it just was, it was very funny to me, even though I know it's supposed to be very sad for him. Right. But, you know, the thing is, and I love that this gets acknowledged again in the episode at some point. Mm -hmm. Edda has never led him on. Edda has never given him any ideas about what their friendship is or isn't. Um, And has never given that idea to anybody else either. No. So while, yes, you can't necessarily always help who you have feelings for or who you think you might have feelings for, um, there's been no false hope either um, on – on her part to him. So mm-hmm. I do appreciate that because if there had been or if she wasn't clear about things, it would kind of paint her – not paint her in like a bad light, but it just – it wouldn't be great, you know? Yeah. It would kind of give him some ground to stand on with all right. of this. So, yeah. So we get our little comic relief. He's very sad staring <laughs> at the at the family moment happening. And so it felt very um, – what's that Christmas movie? Um. Come on, Kristen. He's dead. And he's like the ghost of Christmas oh, past. And fe- why am Christmas I? Carol? Thank you. Yes. And he's like <laughs> staring in at one of the whichever one. It's like, right. you know, it just totally gave yeah. me that that vibe, but not not in an emotional way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, d- do we want to go over the whole Melo Barak storyline yeah yeah that was kind of just throughout yeah episode it was um because after seeing this barack gets drunk (laughs) he's holding an empty bottle like okay but did you realize he was drunk right okay when i watched this i don't know if it's just because i was watching it live but i didn't realize 
I like didn't realize a lot of us did not realize and we we're like what is realize. wrong with him like what is he doing <laughs> well the fact that he passed out right away <laughs> did, that didn't clue you in well then it drunk? did once he like okay. actually passed out but when the scene was first happening I was like what is he doing? Did you think he just finally lost it? Yes, I really <laughs> did. To watch the the domestic bliss. Yes, <laughs> I really did. So obviously, it was much more apparent to me during oh, the sub watch. But I was like, I don't they, understand they what's happening. Been- I, I guess it could have been more obvious with the bottle. Yes. He had it like tucked, tucked under his arm and it was mm-hmm. hard to see. I didn't notice the bottle until the second time I, I watched it. Yeah. Um. So that maybe maybe if he had had it in his hand or Right. Something. If it had been like in his actual hands and not tucked under his arm and he right, was like swinging he, it around as right. he's like singing and flailing. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you trying to conduct the sunset yeah. a lot? <laughs> phantom toll booth like what is yes. happening <laughs> and i mean melo bless her heart she was like oh what's he doing I I, if i saw that i'd be like i don't know what his deal is i'm leaving him alone i'm not touching that <laughs> yeah and she's like let me go check on him little sweet baby angel she is oh <sighs> melo sweet melo so uh melo goes up to him and they start talking, and uh, I don't even remember the original context of their conversation, but because um, I didn't really, yeah, I mean, all that much attention. No, and he's like, I mean, he's just babbling. Like there are things he's saying right. that kind of, when you hear them, with the expectation that Melo has, like they're going to be taken a certain way. So basically, she's like led to believe that he's you know, talking about feelings and all this kind of stuff that basically is being applicable to her. And, you know, she does wind up saying at some point, like, well, you know, basically, like, I wish some something along the lines, like, I wish someone would say that to me or I wish that applied to me kind of a thing. And he is like, right. well, listen, like, any per- any man who doesn't realize what they have with you is an idiot. Like, yeah. and she's like, really? You know, because mm-hmm. – Obviously, this is what she wants to hear from him because he. she also can't help that this is who she has feelings for. Um, and so he kisses her. I mean, it's a very sweet, chaste kiss. It's like right. a, a peck on the lips, but it's sweet. And for someone who – And it's who, still a kiss. And it's still a kiss. And for someone who is harboring feelings, like, mm-hmm. it's a big deal because yeah. she's like – oh, like, okay, so things are changing between us? Like, and just as she's kind of, like, floating around with that, he basically passes out. And she's like, what in the world? No, you can't cut to commercials in the middle of a movie. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's when I finally, during the live watch, was like, oh, he's drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. That happens. So we go through this series of scenes where there's attempted conversation between them. And right. every time it happens, that we just get tiny little snippets. And he and Melo are on two different planets with this. She's thinking every time he's like, I want to talk with you. I want, you know, we need to talk. Right. Um, that, that, she, that he wants to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And 
And the things that he's saying make her think again that it's like in this good light because he's like, you know, I didn't forget. I want to make sure it's acknowledged, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And she's like, okay, good. They keep kind of getting these interruptions, like Mm -hmm. whatever comes up. At some point, the massage therapist guy comes up and starts like rubbing up all over Milo. And I was kind of like, girl, run away with him. Like, run off with I mean, massage he's therapy, dude. I obviously into her. Yes. Although he's – I was like, okay, you little mooch. He's like, what are you going to buy me? <laughs> As she's eating her food. I'm like, okay, forget I it. I missed that. Forget this guy. <laughs> so he's looking, he said that, I was looking, like, nope, never mind. Never mind. Forget so he's looking guy. for a sugar mama. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, then I'm with you. Forget him. So <laughs> – yeah. So we get – all throughout the episode, we go through several things when they finally get to talk. And each time, you know, Melo's like, wants to make sure she's dressed extra cute, puts on lipstick, yeah. all this stuff, because she's like, we're going to have, Milo. like, the talk. And when they finally do talk, it's about a raise that he promised Ifair and Melo yeah. a while ago. And he's like, you know, I know you said you don't need it, but it's something I promised you and I want to stick to my word, which as a boss – I appreciate. Sure. Um, but that's not at all what Mela was thinking about. You can tell it wasn't on Ifair's mind. Um, and she's like, wait, well, and this- he's like, he's <laughs> like, Ifair, you can stay. You know, this this concerns you too. And poor Melo is like, excuse me? Why why are you having her stay? Melo just doesn't understand. She's thinking that they're going to have this serious conversation about their relationship and he's going to confess feelings. And here he's telling uh i fear that she can stay but then after he says all this stuff then melo's like oh i get it i i see this is she thinks it's all a ruse right he was being considerate real talk later on yeah yeah like he didn't want to just shove i fear out so blah 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 well then they do get to the quote real talk later on and he for a while, it carries on, and it's very much a double conversation because he's saying one thing and she's hearing something else entirely. Um, right. You know, because he's like, I – she's – he kind of says something like, I didn't expect it so quickly. And she's like, I know I didn't either. But, you know, and he's clearly talking about, like, Edda and Serkan and, like, kind of yeah. forming this family unit with Kiraz. Um, and But she's thinking he's talking about feelings and something happening between the two of them. And they carry on for a little bit. And then eventually it becomes obvious because he's like, you know what? I made a decision. I am not going to – though." basically what he says is like, I – I didn't take screenshots of this. But he essentially is like, I'm not going to beat myself up, make myself feel bad about this whole right. Edda thing anymore. I'm just going to support her, mm-hmm. you know, in all this stuff. And he's like, you know, that probably was apparent to you based on how much I was going on and on about her the other night, meaning when he was drunk. And she's like, actually, you didn't mention Edda once. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's like, oh, really? Like, he's surprised by it because he doesn't actually say Edda's name during that time. So, yeah. So, Melo's crushed, of course. And she kind of just loses it at that point because she's been thinking about this for days now and she's been worried about the situation, thinking that there's something more than there actually is between Mm -hmm. the two of them. And now she's like, well, it's been all about Ida this whole time. 
and he doesn't even remember. I think she even says, like, oh, you don't remember. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of freaks out and Eifer comes because they needed to order new dishes because some of the dishes that they had were scratched and Melo was supposed to do it and she forgot and Melo's kind of like well I forgot okay I forgot like what are you gonna do about it what what am I gonna do about it sometimes people forget sometimes people mess up and then she kind of just runs away yeah everyone else around here is allowed to forget things so so am I like yeah yeah <laughs> So from there, she's just upset the rest of the episode. Mm -hmm. We have some interactions between her and Edda where it's kind of revealed that she has feelings for someone, but not so not so revealed. Mm -hmm. And she won't tell Edda what's going on. She won't explain. She ends up having a conversation with Safi and Aidan, interestingly oh. enough. Well, and at first I was like, oh, because they're, like, concerned about her. Like, well, tell us about it. But it really right. winds up kind of being, like, a double conversation for Aidan based on a scene that happened. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because she's like, how can people forget? And Aidan's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, how can people forget? And <clears throat> – because it's been revealed that she forgot something very major, which A we'll get to. A big deal. Um, she forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, but so she she kind of just doesn't really tell them much. She doesn't go into detail, you know. Right. Um, they do try to kind of make her feel better, but yeah. And then it does end up coming to a head near the end of the episode and she and Ed to have a really good heart to heart, which I think we can get yeah. to when we get to that point. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so that's everything with Melo and uh, Barack. Yes. So it's now bedtime, and yes. Ed and Sarah Connor are putting Kiraz to bed, and there's already an argument or debate, I should say, about whether <laughs> she's going to sleep with. He goes to close the window, and she's like, "No, no, Kiraz sleeps with the window open," and he's like, "Well, she's going to catch a cold." She's like, "No." She always sleeps with the window open, Sarkhan. Like, <laughs> so he's kind of like, fine. And so he gets Kiraz all tucked in and he's like, I'm so happy, like, you know, that I get to be with you for this and all that. Mm -hmm. Good night. And Edda kind of looks at him like, no, you need to say more than that. Like, <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep going. And he's like, <laughs> okay. So then, of course, he leans down and says that he says, I love you because, um, and then yeah. she says, Bendeseni Serkambola. I just <laughs> love – I love that she calls I, – I know we've talked about this, but I love that she calls him that. And I love that he's patient with it. He's not like, mm -hmm. when is she going to call me Baba? Everyone else is kind of like, when is she going to call you that? Right. But he's not concerned about it. Um, yeah. So – I mean, you can tell later on he's a little hurt still that that she hasn't gotten there yet. When Edda comes back from Melo's and mm -hmm. she asks, oh, did she start calling you Baba? And he's like, no. And you can read the emotions on his face. Yeah. But he's not going to be crazy about it like, no. like his mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's a – I feel like it's a good kind of moment that they'll have to remember mm -hmm. When she used to just call him Serkan Bola. Yes. Because we know that she's going to reach the point where she's calling him Baba. Yeah. So this is only for a short time. And I right. think it's going to end up being kind of a sweet memory. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into it. But, you know, 
she has to be tamed, so to speak, mm-hmm. to in order to get there. Yeah. I love it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, before they're going to walk out of the room, Edda explains, like, here is, while we're all living here together for the next few days, basically, it's honesty time and we have to be truthful. So, if you have any questions for us, now's the time to ask. <laughs> and Kiraz, God bless her, this girl from the moment she has arrived, asks the hard questions, says uh-huh. the things that need to be said. And she says, do you love Serkan Bolat, Mom? <laughs> and of course, Serkan, he, he is, there are so many times this episode where he can be described as the cat who ate the canary because he is just like. He's absolutely preening. He's like, <laughs> Oh, what a nice question that uh, was. <laughs> these are great questions. And so, of course, it is like, of course you had to ask that, Karaz. Like, but, you know, she she basically is like, listen, yes, I do because he's, you know, and she obviously is saying it in a, you know, not romantic sense, but basically that, right. that yes, she, you know, I do love him because he is – um. Yes, of course, because he's a good person. He's honest, brilliant, smart. But she does say, but sometimes when there's a problem, he's withdrawn into his shell instead of solving it, mm. which is true. And Kiraz says, <laughs> like the little prince. And I love that because Ed is like, yes, exactly like the little prince. He traveled around from one planet to another. And then he came to his senses. And Kiraz is like, you know, the little prince had one friend, the fox. And Sarah Khan says, exactly. You are my little fox and your mom is the rose. And I just loved that mm-hmm. so much because yeah. you had made an observation last episode that in the context of that episode, um, that Edda was – the fox, right? That was your right. Yeah. Yeah. And in those situations. Well, and I think we've talked about Kiraz being the fox mm-hmm. too in, in previous episodes that, you know, in um see now I'm already losing it. Forty three, mm-hmm. I wanna say, it was kind of about them and um and about Kiraz kind of warming up to Serkan mm-hmm. and warming up to the idea of having Serkan be her dad because mm-hmm. of course like her mom <laughs> if such a thing were immediately presented to her it wouldn't have been an easy thing an easy pill to swallow right so to speak and I think you know it's again very fitting with her calling him Baba yeah because she needs to be fully comfortable with him she needs to really see him as her dad she needs to be a tamed little fox mm-hmm. so yeah, I love that that got, like, verbally acknowledged and confirmed yeah. in this episode. So, because even though there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, heavy symbolism or anything this episode, right. we still have that theme running through it. You know, even if it was just in this scene that it's confirmed, like, you can see then, like, this whole episode is kind of about that and their roles yeah. in that. Um, mm-hmm. So... Of course, Kiraz has another question. <laughs> and she's like, okay, will you guys sleep in the same room? And Sarah Khan is just like, 
oh, my brilliant daughter, you ask the best <laughs> questions. And she's like, you know, because moms and dads sleep in the same room. And so it's basically decided that, yes, they will sleep in the same room. Right. And because they can't lie, Sarah Khan's not going to be like, yeah, we're not telling her we're sleeping in the same room and then sleeping in separate rooms. So mm-hmm. when Edda walks into her room that night, he's already in there in gray sweatpants, no less. You guys <laughs> see him in gray sweatpants several times this episode. I know. I was like, who is responsible for this? Because I appreciate the wardrobe choices. Thank you. Thank you. Also, it needs to come with a warning. Like, hey, <laughs> here's an alert. Like, here's a content warning. Sarah Con Bullet's <laughs> about to be in sweat gray sweatpants in this next scene. Please adjust your ovaries accordingly. So, um, he, so they head into the room. Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's go sleep in the same room together. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, but he walks into the room and Edda's like, oh, yes, you know, yeah, sure, we're sleeping in the same room. Doesn't mean we're sleeping in the same bed. So, mm-hmm. voila, here's your bed on the floor. <laughs> Well, and before that, he tries to tell her she needs to sleep on a specific side of the bed because, as mm-hmm. you know, I can't sleep on my left. And she's like, well, don't worry. You won't be because you can sleep on whatever side you want on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so, so good. He's, he's so affronted. He's like, I've never slept on the floor in my life, Edda. And <laughs> she I, – I loved this because – She's just trolling him. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, let this be the first time of your life, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. Well, and he does eventually, like, grumbling. Yeah. Sit, you know, lays down to to on his bed on the floor. And he kind of gets adjusted. But he realizes and he calls her out because he's mm-hmm. like, huh. Of all the pillows you could give me, you gave me your pillow. And I'm pretty sure you did this because it smells like you. Mm-hmm. Now, notice she doesn't deny because we can't be liars for the next two right. days. She basically, though, just is like, okay, let's just switch it out. And he's like, nope, I'm good. And But because he just knows. Like, he knows yeah. what she's not saying and he is just reveling in it. So yeah. I love this. So we do get a bit of a soft moment because he is like, you know – I can't, you know, I can't sleep on my left. So he's rolled over and faced to his right. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, you know, I can't sleep on the right. So she's rolled over and faced to the left. He's like, yeah, that's why throughout our entire relationship, we always slept looking into each other's eyes. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Um, but then that leads him to ask, like, you know, is there anything you miss about our relationship? Yeah. And she she flashes back to the first time they slept next to each other on a bed. Right. During episode nine when actually, you know, they were – she was still angry at him. He was trying to get her forgiveness for the whole con mm-hmm. situation. And um, they, they wind up falling asleep facing each other and waking up that way. So she kind of comes out of that flashback and rather than answer his question about mm-hmm. – what she misses about their relationship. She is pulling a very season two Edda thing and just changing the subject (laughs) because Hmm. she doesn't want to admit her feelings, but she can't lie about them either. So she basically says something along the lines of, yeah, I think it's time to go to sleep now. (laughs) Right. Um, 
So it's funny, though, because he's like, okay, can we turn out the lights? And she's like, no, I want to sleep with them on. And he's like, where is the logic in sleeping with the lights on? Like, And she basically implies that she doesn't trust him with the lights off, which I thought was hilarious. And his response is even better because he's like, first of all, you don't trust me. He's like affronted. But then he's like, "Um, also, if I wanted to do anything – guess what? The lights on or off wouldn't matter. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, that should not be as hot as it came off, but <laughs> I didn't hate it. And he makes a valid point. <laughs> well, we especially see how valid his point is when they wake up the next morning and the two of them are smashed together. Uh-huh. <laughs> all tangles of limbs and all yeah. of that. Oh, my goodness. So and funny. of course, she wakes up and she's so mad and she's just trying but to did, kick him out of bed. But did you notice she gets all smiley first when she wakes oh, up and snuggles closer yeah. then realizes? Because that's her subconscious uh-huh. creating those actions and those expressions. But then suddenly she comes to her <laughs> herself uh-huh. and she's like, oh, crap. This is <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing in my bed? And oh then he's like, seriously? You're like, this is no way for me to wake up. He's all mad. And, and he's like, the floor <laughs> was cold. I need. <laughs> he he's even like, you'll get like, used to it. Calm down. Well, and he's like, I kept to my side. Like, you're the one over here. Like, And he was. He was very yeah, much was. at the edge of the bed. She was the one that gravitated to him. Totally. Um, you know, and she's like, oh, you're just so happy about this. And he's kind of like, well, yeah. <laughs> Very much like our season two Sarah Khan, who is just owning his feelings. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I kind of am. Yep. Um, so before it can get too crazy, Kiraz uh, swoops on in and basically announces that she has made breakfast for them because she has been up for hours probably. And... He's like, you've made breakfast for us. And she's like, yeah, we'll be right down, you know, sweetie. And out she goes. And Zarkon, in very oh, Zarkon fashion, is like, Edda, kitchens are dangerous. They have <laughs> knives and sharp objects. Like, what are you doing letting her cook? And, you know, we just – we get this whole – this has been Edda from the get-go. She's raising yeah. a free child who, you know, just is exploring and learning by experience and all of that. So she's yeah. like, yeah, Kira sometimes, like, cooks breakfast. Like, she – know, like, I've taught her basic safety, basically. Like, she's not just going right. to go slicing around with a butcher knife. Um, because well, <laughs> he yell back at Kiraz? He's like, Kiraz, don't go by the kitchen. <laughs> don't go into the kitchen. It's too dangerous. <laughs> and Ed is like, I'm not raising a child in a jar like right. you. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So they go downstairs. But do you notice that even Edda looks a little bit like, oh, holy cow? Like, this was oh, yeah. e- this seemed even messy for her. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, this was beyond oh, yeah. even what she's used to with Kiraz. <laughs> yeah, because there's flour on the floor. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> she my nightmare. Like she sprinkled it everywhere. Yeah. So we kind of get a little cute kitchen shenanigans scene and they're all sort of cooking together i don't know that whatever they have mixed up in there is even edible but (gasps) well uh, i think she's attempting to make pancakes because they're her favorite okay and Um, she had said like i put all the ingredients in but it's not mixed something like that (laughs) 
And so Ada's kind of like, okay, come help me, Sarkhan. And they start kind of cooking together. I love <laughs> my favorite part about this is the last little portion where Kiraz has a hand that's fully covered in flour uh-huh. and she just places her hand on Serkan's face uh-huh. and his expression is so purely Serkan that I I loved it so much. Yes, I agree because he's like, you can tell it's taking everything in him to not have a visceral reaction. Yeah. But because Kiraz did it and he's wanting this to be like, he's trying so hard to not like freak out that he's covered in kitchen goo. Um, yeah. And it's really cute. I also like, did you notice too, when they're having that whole montage and they're like chasing each other around and stuff, at one point he like picks up these little bits of flour like off the counter and it's just like sprinkling it in the batter. <laughs> like, I... It was a very cute scene. I really liked it. And yeah. then I know we flash in and out of the scene a couple times, but I thought it was so sweet because at one point he's actually mixing something mm, and yeah. Ed is like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, the last time Kiraz and I had pancakes, she really liked this syrup that had like bananas and honey and lemon and I'm trying to recreate it. And she, mm-hmm. And you can tell – it does trying not to swoon at that yes. or be impressed by it. Yeah. But, but then she he, totally is. She totally is. And then, God bless our growing robot, he gives her a taste of it and then licks off the very same fork, also taking well, a taste. And then he wipes her lip like there was something there. He kind of oh, like grazes, yeah. grazes her lip with his thumb. And she's like, oh, did I have – did I have food there? And he goes, no, I just felt like it. <laughs> yes. And he's like, if we're – because we're being honest. So, so good. good. <laughs> and she is kind of – you can tell she's totally affected mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you blame her? She's only human. So – Yeah. 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 We can't hold that against her. So um, we – a few times during this montage, though, we get a couple other flashes. Um, Idon and Ifair are showing up to stick their noses in where it doesn't belong. Um, they both show up. And, of course, the other's like, oh, shocking. You're here. You're here. And then they walk in together. And I love this because I want to say three very specific times in this episode, Sarkon scolds them. Like, yeah. and it's just like, who do you think you are? Like, finally, they're getting told, like, who do you think you are? You know? Um, well, Edda does, too. She's like, you too, Hala? Like, mm-hmm. seriously? You guys are here right now? You can't yep. back off for just one day while we're having to do this Adjust. trial and mm-hmm. figure this out as a family? And then the next morning, it's the same thing. They're like, it's so early in the morning. <laughs> Are you serious that you're all here? So I appreciate that they all are giving them what for when it comes to being too pushy and stepping in where they don't belong. Yes. And they just need to realize who Kiraz's parents are because it's not them. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So we see boundaries being set or at least the beginning of boundaries being set. Um. So – he scolds them, but they do make a point that, like, well, you guys have to go to work, right? And, mm. um, you know, uh, yeah. 
so they basically are like, okay, I guess you can watch them. Well, initially, I think Sarkon is like, I'll just work from home because he doesn't right. want to leave Kiraz, which is adorable. Yeah. But it is basically like, yeah, well, you can't always work from home. So we need to get this stuff done, yada, yada, yada. So it's basically agreed upon that, okay, fine, they'll leave Kiraz with them for a little bit while they go get work done at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go together and – before they get in the car, because there was all this talk about, you know, Idon being like, oh, I've already been interviewing French nannies for Kiraz and blah, blah, blah. So when Ed Sarah is about to get in the car, Ed does kind of like, okay, what's this French nanny talk? And I love it. Sarkhan's very clear, like, listen, that's all my mom. That has nothing to do with me. I am not yeah. about that. Like, you know how she is. Like, I'll deal with it. And he's like, you know, besides, if she's going to have any nanny, it should probably be an Italian one. He's like, you speak Italian, you know, it'd be good for Kiraz um, mm-hmm. with the work you do in Italy. I'll learn Italian in like two months. And then she's like, uh, why will you be learning Italian? And he's hmm. like, well, because when we take trips to Italy and she's like, and what will you be coming to Italy for? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm an architect, Edda. Like, I have business in Italy, too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, maybe we could take like a family trip there and blah, blah. You know, he's. Yeah. Already pushing for that stuff. And um, and she's like, hmm, we'll see kind of a thing. So, right. um, so they, they had to work. Yes. And Edda's working. She's got uh, Karam with her. And Denise barges in. And she is just starts causing trouble. <laughs> Some magazine called and they wanted to interview Edda and she's she rejected them. Because <laughs> she's like, this- I don't understand why people love you so much. <laughs> and Edda's like, excuse me, what? Uh-huh. So uh, Karem comes to her defense and he's like, this one doesn't realize who you are, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Denise is like, this one, this one, who do you think you are calling me this one? This, um, she doesn't call him an intern at first. I don't, she calls him like a reject gardener or something. Yeah. (laughs) Something rude. (laughs) And then Edda kind of corrects her and, um, she tells her, you know, not to talk to him that way. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, it's too late because I can. And now he's fired. She's like, I don't want to see you here ever again. <laughs> so Edda's like, um, you can't fire him because he's my employee, actually. <laughs> and uh, Denise basically is like, I already did. It's too late. Whatever. I do what I want. So Edda says, okay, well, if you think you can fire him, then I'm leaving. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this job anymore. Because she's not going to put up with this ridiculousness. No. And she has plenty of other work. She doesn't have to deal with Denise's nonsense. No. Well, and she has stated before she only takes one job at a time to be able to spend time with Kira. So it's like, you know, she's probably got lines of other opportunities of people and companies who would love to have her. I mean, we already know she's got this big castle project in Italy waiting for her. So I love that she basically, yeah, lays it out for her. Like, you're spoiled. You're a brat. You're this. You're Mm -hmm. that. You're entitled. And I don't have to deal with this. So you know what? As much as I hate leaving jobs unfinished, like, that's how much I don't want to work for you. Goodbye. Yeah. And of course, she's fuming and all of that. But I love it because um, when she walks off to when when Denise says, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Listen, we only I don't have. Know why she's not annoying to me? That's what like... I'm saying. It is. It is an anomaly because let me tell you, as Arzu in only one episode of Ek, she annoyed the crap she, out of me. She was horrible. It, I was like, I want her gone. Yes. I'm tired of this girl. She's horrible. But as Denise, I love her. And I know, I just and we laugh. only have three episodes <laughs> left with her. It's like she's gonna be gone in three episodes. Um, like the fact that when she go, goes to art life and she walks in with a freaking cocktail, I was like, I was like, okay, that's that is like the peak of her character. It's right such there. a it's such a BDE move, like. <laughs> but yeah, all this I stuff that's like dying. should make we should honestly hate her, but we should. I think what helps. Is that from the get go, Sarkon has been like, mm, like he, yeah, he avoids yeah. her. He knows exactly what she's after. I mean, even in this episode, mm-hmm. when he finds out that she's at Art Life, he's like, "Let me go hide." Um, he runs away. He runs away. <laughs> so, I think that helps. Is that she from the beginning has never been even a remotely credible threat i mean right. none of the other ones have either but the way sarkon was with them he was so like not apathetic but just like like with balja he even went he uses balja to actually like make Ida jealous he right. uses that actress chick from the season finale that we don't ever like to talk about um oh, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah never once has he been like let me go on a fake date with this girl and cater to her you know he's pretty much towed the line in keeping it as professional as possible while still Mm -hmm. trying to be respectful and not flat out just like call her out and embarrass her um but yeah i mean there's even those times where he's like that's none of your business when she's like asking him personal questions (laughs) so it just makes i don't know the way she just aisha the girl who plays her just does it she does it well where it's like yeah yeah, I just love you, even though everything about you should annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does so, really well. So, so she – go ahead. <laughs> well, she she quits, and then she's kind of storming away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up running into Serkan. Yeah. And she explains what happened. And Serkan is kind of like, look, what is a, a landscape architect like you doing here anyway on such mm-hmm. a small project? He kind of realizes – you know, this is an insignificant job where you shouldn't even be here. Why are yeah. you even here? You deserve a lot better. So she explains, look, I came for Kiraz. I wanted to give her a calm, comfortable, peaceful life. And she's like, I took, I, you know, like you had mentioned, I take one time, one job at a time so I can make sure I spend time with her. Um, so he's like, okay, Edda, I understand, but I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> I loved this because he's like, why don't we talk about this? We're going to share the responsibility from now on, and you can take the jobs that you're worthy of, which I loved because he Me really too. sees her value in her career and as a landscape architect. And that's one thing I've always really loved about Serkan yes. is he never has been like, you don't belong in this business. You don't mm-hmm. belong in this industry. He's like, no, you're really talented. Yeah. And then after they reunite, how all the comments about how her talent has grown, how much she has succeeded. And he obviously is really proud of her and wants her to have the jobs that she truly deserves. Yeah. 
So uh, he asks, you know, oh, she asks him why he's there. Mm-hmm. I love this. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not here anymore. Is that a valid answer? The little smile she tries to conceal on her face, mm-hmm. knowing that he's like, well, if you quit, I quit. If you jump, I jump, Jack. Like, yep. if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Like, mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I love it that he's like, yeah, then I'm quitting too. Like, she did enough to drive you away, then that's it. I'm I'm gone as well. Yeah. And she, it's funny because Edda laughs and then she kind of storms into giggles because she's like, oh, Denise is going to go crazy she's gonna call you every day she's gonna run after you she's gonna show up at art life and she's just like cackling about that yeah so she opens the door to get in because now they're leaving and she sees a potted rose Mm -hmm. which i'm like somebody water that poor rose i know um I wonder how long it was waiting for the scene to start i know so (laughs) she's like uh bune like what is this and he says I told you that I will bring you a rose every day until you forgive me. And he says, of course, there were some issues and things that kept me from bringing one every day, but now I'm back at it. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, like, you you really shouldn't. Like, you really don't need to do this in vain. And he, she's like, come on, won't we go? But you can tell she's, like, loving the fact that he's actually doing that. Because, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm, he said that in the moment, like, fine, I'll bring you a rose every day until you forgive me. But it's right. him actually doing it is just another way to show, like, listen, I'm actually here to keep my word this time. Like, mm-hmm. and if he can do it with something small like that, it's going to only further help his case that he really needs it as far as being there for her and Kiraz and not running away again. Right. Um, so yeah. we switched over a few times, but we'll talk about this scene all as one because – when Aidan and Kiraz are, like, sitting on those, um, like, relaxing chairs mm-hmm. out by the water, you know, they're sipping on, you know, something sweet and juicy, like, you know, just chilling. And Kiraz is like, okay, I'm tired of sitting like this. Because Aidan's like, well, this is what Bolots do. Like, we relax. People do things for us kind of a thing. Yeah. And Kiraz and Aidan's like, why? Why are you tired of this? And Kira says, because we're not doing anything. And Idon's like, well, that's the point. We Our brains are working, so we're giving rest to our body. And she's like, wait a minute. So when, you, when you're walking, your brain doesn't work? That's very strange. <laughs> I love that. I so love the good. shade. Oh, little Kira's. Oh, she's perfect. She's always... Trolling the adults, and I really uh-huh. love that about her. <laughs> Me too. So, so then, oh, then I fair comes and bribes her with a vacuum, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then by the time Serkan and Ida come home, they basically have created an entire carnival for this little girl uh-huh. and are just trying to bribe her to loving one of them more than, more the, than other. the other. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, do we want to quickly do the Engen Pearl thing? Because yeah. Because we had that one clip with uh, Engen going off somewhere and Pearl hadn't left for work yet. And yes. she kind of realizes something is amiss. So she overhears him saying, like, Engen on the phone saying, yeah, I'm leaving in five minutes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And 
clearly thinking he's like, yeah, I was almost caught. Like, so you're like, what the heck's going on? Because at this point, we, the audience, don't know either. Right. So Pearl, though, is like, oh, what the heck? And he's like, oh, you haven't left for work. Like, (laughs) so we get a few scenes like this where he's just kind of being like weird and like um, dodgy, Mm -hmm. you know. He starts wearing suits again, which he was, which he rarely did even when he was actually working in art life regularly. Right. So it all kind of builds up. Pearl's getting suspicious and Mm -hmm. she's like, what the heck is he keeping from me? And there's a few times where she tries to give him the opportunity to tell her what's going on. And he's just like, no, everything's fine, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So she gets to a point where she is – like okay i need to figure out what the heck's going on and she's like i don't like to you can tell she doesn't really love to entertain this idea but honestly based on everything he sends a text to her that was clearly meant for someone else and then gets dodgy and weird about it um and so she's like what the heck like he was sending a text to like another woman Mm -hmm. and now he's trying to act like he really did mean it for me but it's clear he didn't so she winds up pulling air into yeah. her office. And I love this cuz she's like listen, we're going to we're going to talk more in length about this, but right now I need your expertise because basically you're a cheater and you cheated on Layla. Right. And it's funny because I love that in the subs from our sub guy, he said um he made the note that like hey, the the conjugation basically that she uses saying she knows about this indicates that she just recently found out about it so she basically like she didn't know he cheated on layla all those years ago like she just recently found out so she's like we're gonna discuss this but since you're a cheater tell me how the heck were you caught yeah and he of course is like well i sent a text to layla that was meant for the other woman and blah 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 and um and so Pearl basically is like, oh, crap, that's like what Ingen did, you know, so it's kind of confirming her fears or at least confirming that she's not crazy for having these fears. Right. Because um, that's a suspicious thing to do. Sure. But of course she's probably thinking, maybe I'm overreacting. Right. But clearly she isn't overreacting. Yes. According to Erdem's <laughs> actions as a cheater. Yeah. And so – I love, too, that it's acknowledged that there's nobody like Flayla, like, that it was stupid, um, all this stuff. So it just – it gives her more uh, more of a leg to stand on. So she's she's scared. She's like, what the heck is going on, you know? So we don't actually get resolution to that this episode, right? He never actually winds up telling her what he did, right? He doesn't tell her no we find out as we find out but he doesn't actually he tell to talk to Sercon. yeah because i thought he was gonna <clears throat> tell her at the final honesty yes powwow that they had um but nothing ever happened he ended up what did he end up saying as his like honest thing i can't even remember i know i can't um, either but but um so i thought he was gonna come out with it yeah so he doesn't he does wind up telling Sercon at some point when there's a two-way, conver- two-way like, parallel conversation between Pudoril and right. Edda, Angan and Sarkon, you know, because he's like, well, I start – basically what it is, Angan started a catering business with some of the moms, like, that he's kind of been, like, bonding with, some of the other stay-at-home right. parents. 
because he found out that he really has a love for cooking and he's good at it. So right. he is kind of more wanting to be into that than even mm-hmm. art life, which Sarkhan is like, what the heck? You're a partner here. No. <laughs> if you're going to be spending that kind of time catering, you should be spending that kind of time here. And Aegon's like, he's well, also offended that he's wearing suits and he looks all nice. And Sarkhan's like, dude, I bugged you so many times to look nice and to wear a suit to the office. And I couldn't have bribed you enough to do it. And now you're doing it for some stupid catering company. Uh-huh. And then Aegon's like, well, listen, it would really help our business if we got to do all the food here. Um, and... I love it because Sarkhan's like, you know what? That's a great idea because you're actually a partner here. So it would technically make all of that free. So it would save us a ton of money. Great. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Edda is trying to tell Poirot, like, okay, I really don't believe Ingen would do that. Yeah, the things you're saying don't sound great. But, right. you know, maybe you just need to talk to him. Like, don't jump to conclusions. Um, it's got to be something else. Yeah, we all know how much he loves you. And Sarkhan's telling Ingen, like, you better tell her before she finds out from someone else. Like, mm-hmm. just freaking tell her. Um, yeah. You know Pearl. She's smart. She's sharp. Like, she's going to figure this out. And it's going to be way worse for you if she finds out on her own or from someone else. So yeah. I'm not sure if Ingen's just concerned she's not going to be supportive of that or what. But he's hesitant to share this with her. So mm-hmm. that's the whole crux of it. By the end of the episode, it's still not fully resolved uh, because mm-hmm. something bigger happens and that has to be dealt with. So I'm sure it'll be addressed this week. Um, right. But we just haven't quite seen that yet. So that's kind of the thing with the two of them all this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like you said, Ed Sarah comes back to the chaos. And I love it because we get Sarkhan scolding them again. Like, we were gone for a few hours and you guys have turned this place into a literal circus. Like. Yeah. We trusted you to watch our kids. And he tells them, you got five minutes. Get out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hallelujah. Amen. Like, keep it coming. So right. he, kick, he kicks them all out. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's just them left. And um, they they start talking or he, he gets a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. Because she starts asking him a question and she's she kind of realizes he's distracted and he's mm-hmm. on his phone. So, of course, she gets upset and she says, oh, I'm talking to workaholic Sarkhan. Why would he even hear me when he's, you know, already thinking about work? So we cut scenes um, mm-hmm. and Ada is with Kiraz and Kiraz is riding her little scooter. Ada is telling her to be careful and, you know, watch where you're going. <laughs> and then I don't know why this was so funny to me. I think because it clearly was really bad, bumpy terrain. Mm-hmm. Well, and <laughs> I I think it was meant to look like he didn't actually know what he was doing either. And yeah. we all know the man can skate on a skateboard, so you know he's genuinely acting here. But you can hear his voice. That's why I think <laughs> I don't know that that was necessary. Because <laughs> Sergon comes in on this little electric scooter. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, hi, Ada. <laughs> and Ada's like, 
how did you know? Like, how could you know? And he's like, I always know. <laughs> he's like, you didn't think I could do this kind of stuff, could you? And he's, he's kind of, <laughs> he's coming in on the bumpy terrain. And he's trying to get it to stop and he just kind of abandons oh it on the grass. Gosh. And he's like, so Sur- funny. surprised are you? And she's like, she's kind of like, well, yeah, like I didn't think I'd really ever see you riding on a scooter. And oh, so he's trying to do the whole I'm not a workaholic thing again, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> in order to impress Ada. So that just I loved that insane little moment. It was um, yes, it was a really good comedic uh scene. So I think she even says something like, Well, don't you have work to do or whatever? And K- Kiraz rides up and she's like, Ish yoke, like no work. Yeah. And Serkan's like exactly daughter like that's correct no work work so he's basically in full dad mode yeah and um and so edda is like you know what okay <clears throat> i can i can do this too so she calls kirem and tells him listen the people from the university are coming today mm-hmm. i'm entrusting you to give them a tour of the gardens and show them all the work and he's a nervous wreck because he's like that's not what i do and she's like yes you can like you're underestimating yourself. You can handle this. Yeah. And she basically is like, Tim guns it and is like, make it work and hangs up the mm-hmm. phone. So he's he's stressed. Um, Sarah Khan tells her, like, you just handed that over to, like, your gardener. And she's like, he's more than that. He, he has potential and I trust him. Like, he will do it. Yeah. So on the other end, he's a nervous wreck. He's freaking out. Pina walks up, realizes what's going on, kind of starts to laugh at him, but then realizes, oh, no, he's, like, legit nervous. So she's like, you know what? I'll come with you. This isn't a trick. I'll come on the tour with you, and then I'll kind of hop in as if you need help. If you forget mm-hmm. something, I'll hop in and help. So I thought that was really sweet. And yeah. so because the presentation does wind up going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a good job. And Yeah. So, and then that's also when, just as a little side note, that's also mm-hmm. when Denise realizes that Edda is a world-renowned landscape designer, and she's a lot more important and sought after than she had originally anticipated. Because Pina mentions that, and then that's what um, makes Denise end you're up right. running to art life to try to get Edda back. Yes, you're correct. Because now she's like, oh, my garden's more valuable than I realized, and now it's not finished. And right. basically, if she has someone else finish it, it's going to diminish in value because it's not mm-hmm. finished by Edda. So right. um, in the midst of all this, Idon and Safi come to try to make peace with Ifair. And Safi's trying yeah. to, like, be the uh, moderator for that. It lasts all of about three seconds. Um, they're butting heads, faking phone calls to Edda and Serkan about Kiraz's education. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Safi... I did like because they're both faking the phone calls that Safi calls both their phones to show like you two yeah. are faking it. I love that he yeah. exposes them. Um, so we switch back to Ed Sarah working at, from Edda's house. They're outside. Melo shows up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Edda starts venting to her and Melo just laughs because she's like, well, of course he's doing – like this is – do you not realize this is love? Like come on. Because <laughs> she's like, he's distracting me. I just want to like – she even says something along the lines like, I just want to cling my lips to him. Like, uh-huh. and Melo's just like dying because she's like, oh my gosh, this girl's in denial. And so, um, Melo 
is about to, since the subject of love has come up, Mel is about right. to talk to or her like about speaking it. Speaking of kisses. <laughs> so, but it is distracted with all the Seracon stuff. And so Melo's like, okay, now's not the time. It yeah. does warn Melo though, do not let him reel you in because he knows if he can get to you, then he can get to me. Like, right. Because that's what's worked in the past. And yeah. And she's like, my Aniste, I mean, my ex Aniste, like, don't worry, I know him. I can't just be bought that easily, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And or she's acting like she's going to stand up <clears throat> to him and she will never, you know, be put under his spell. She'll be yeah. totally fine. So she's like, I'll see you later. I'm going to go. So she walks yeah. off uh, into the kitchen. Meanwhile, Serkan's now like, where's Kiraz? And he's like, um, Ed, uh, do you realize our daughter is playing with chickens? I hope those chickens are vaccinated. And she's like, Serkan, they're chickens. And he's like, they're not hygienic. And she's like, oh, so, because doesn't he, he says something to Kiraz like, like, Kiraz, listen to my hygiene. Yes. And she's like, oh, so I have no hygiene? You don't, you don't think I'm clean at all? <laughs> Because he starts saying that she's, like, throwing dirt and mm-hmm. doing all this crazy stuff. And it is like, my kid wouldn't do that. You need to calm down. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, look right there. She's obviously doing it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because she's picking flowers and all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. She's, like, oh ripping up flowers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, Meraketme, I'll teach you everything you need to know, Kira. <laughs> yeah. Little it, turd. It is like, oh, brother, just rolling her eyes. So, so we go to the kitchen. Yes, I loved this. <laughs> this honestly, I think is my favorite. This scene and then that's okay. Um this scene and then what he winds up saying to Edda about Melo in one of the final scenes is like mm-hmm. these are these are my favorite parts of this episode. They don't even I mean, I love the Ed Sarah stuff and all the forced proximity and tension. You know, unreleased sexual tension, all this stuff, but I love this because Melo walks into the kitchen. She's like trying to clearly keep herself composed. Like, don't look at him. Don't this. Don't acknowledge him. And he can see she's kind of like out of sorts. But he just kind of lets her do her thing for a minute. And then she gets the glasses, is going to pour the water. And he says, Melek. And she's like, Iniste. I mean, ex Iniste. And she's like, you are an ex Iniste, by the way, for me don't ex- don't extend your dialogue with me any further don't make eye contact with me either and he's like okay and he's just so smirky he knows he knows yeah. so he's just cackling to himself and he says all right are you okay though she's like no i have yet to forget what you did to edda and he's like all right and she's like and you can't just pose around like an emotional brother-in-law looking at me like that right now and he's like posing around like an emotional (laughs) brother-in-law and she's like yes you're leaving in two days and you won't be here after that you're gone so i'm just sending you away now and he's like okay i see what this is apparently edda has influenced you quite a bit and he's like i was only gonna ask you for one thing and he says i made coffee for edda but would you take it to her because you know if i do she's not gonna drink it (laughs) and malo is like <laughs> she's in this is all it takes that's all it takes <laughs> all he has to do is make a cup of coffee for her best friend who has had her heart broken by this man <laughs> so many times <laughs> who has broken his heart in return so uh-huh. many times but he makes her one cup of coffee and Milo's like 
Oh, you made her a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the best. Because I'm like, I missed this. Like, I missed this Milo and Niche Day bond. So he's like, yes, I did. And she's like, you're so sweet, Anish Day. <laughs> and she, and he's like, well, uh, she says, yeah, of course I'll take it. And he's like, okay, thank you. But then you realize, he's like, okay, it, the cup's on the tray. Don't touch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't touch it. And we realize it's because he poured it in the mood mug Yep. And he wants a special and it, mug. And it's affected by whoever drinks from it. So if mm-hmm. Milo touches it, and then she'll ruin it. So he's basically trying to see if Edda is in love with him, if the cup yeah. turns red when she drinks from it. Yeah. Milo doesn't quite realize that. She's just like, okay, it's hot. I won't touch it. Don't worry. Right. So, so she brings it out. Oh, well, and as she's leaving, mm-hmm. this was, this is so, this is the best. <laughs> Because she's like, okay, okay. (laughs) And I don't remember which one she says first. Does she say, well, you're leaving? Well, she says, oh, my gosh, this is so sweet. But it doesn't matter because you're going to be gone in two days. And then he says, we'll see. And then she says, we'll see. And then (laughs) as she's sneaking out. She's like, I love you in each day. (laughs) And he says, I know. And they like whisper it back to, she's like, I love you so much. I think he says, Bende. I think he says, me too, Melo. me too. Yeah. Yeah. Which made it even better. Because he's like, me too, Melo. Yeah. Because they, me too, Melo. Because they both knew that they were just keeping up a ruse for Edda's sake. And I just, I'm like, they're back. I love it so much. Um, The best. So, of course, then chaos kind of ensues because she brings the um, she brings the cup out and immediately, well, and yeah, yeah, she figures she it out right very away. quickly. She's like, there's no way Melo made this because it's in this cup. We get a quick flashback to when she first gives the cup to Sarkon. Right. And... She, and she's like, Melo, where did you get this cup? <laughs> and then, of course, Melo spills that Sarkon made her the cup of coffee. And she's like, this is the color changing one. You need to you need to drink out of it. I can't drink out of it. Well, Melo drinks out of it and it turns red. <laughs> because so Melo's then, in love. So Ada's like, excuse me, why is this <laughs> turning red? What do you need to tell me? Are you in love? Who are you in love with? What's going on? <laughs> As a best friend would do if that were to happen. Uh-huh. And Melo's like, no, everything's – what What are you talking about? I came to see Kiraz. I have to go. So she ends up dumping the coffee. Yeah, she's like, dump it out and put like, water in it. We need to cool it down. And but She's freaking yes. out because she does not want Sarah to see the red color right. of the mug. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they end up pulling it off um, up until – because Melo ends up running away because she has to avoid Edda's questioning about who she's in love with. Um, and all is, all seems to be well because the, the mug has gone back to its original color. But then Serkan comes walking on over and he's like, oh, have Edda, do you not want your coffee? Are you, are you not going to drink that right now? And she's like, oh, no, I drank it. Well, then he looks in it and he's like, huh, he knows. He knows exactly what happened. This basically confirms to him it turned red and that she had to switch it. Because he's like, 
well, then why is there water in it? And mm-hmm. she tries to say it's because his coffee, that's his coffee, but it's so weak that <laughs> it basically looks like water. Right. <laughs> and I didn't catch that the first time. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. Like, oh, well, you just make really weak coffee. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, uh, no. And so he just – he kind of lets her have it because he's like, he yeah. knows. He, there's a reason there's no coffee in it anymore. There's a reason there's cold water in it now. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't turned red, she wouldn't have needed to do that. So he gets his answer. Yeah. But he's like, I'm just going to bide my time. Like – Yep. Um, so his little smirk says it all as he walks away like, all right. Um, so then we – switch over to a few scenes we've already talked about um yeah we we kind of just go back go back we meet back up with all of them later that night and kiraz is asleep with sarah on the couch they're so cute oh my gosh they're just watching tv and ed is in the kitchen cleaning up and she kind of points out to sarah like she's asleep like and he's Mm -hmm. like oh so he picks her up she kind of stirs a little bit so edda says good night to her and sarah takes her to bed Mm -hmm. um so Melo calls while Sarah Khan is putting Kiraz to bed. And she's like, how did the rest of the day go? You know? And Edda's like, are you hiding anything? But Melo's like, I called to see how the rest of the day went with Sarah Khan, blah, blah, blah. So Edda's like, okay, listen. She's like, we're on this honesty thing, but I have to confess this to you. She's like, I won't tell him this. But mm-hmm. I'm a little, you know, basically, I really like having, it's really nice having him around here. And she's not necessarily saying even in a romantic way, but just like, it is nice to right. have someone here, like co-parenting our child together. Um, and that she kind of doesn't really want him to leave. Mm-hmm. And what she doesn't realize, because she looks at the stairs to make sure he's not coming down before she before she tells that to Melo, but he's mm-hmm. already come down the stairs and he's standing right behind her. So yeah. he hears her and she's like, if he hurt, if like, I'll never admit that to him because he would never let me hear the end of it. And then he kind of starts laughing and she turns around and realizes, oh, crap, I said that in front of him. Yeah. And he grabs the phone. And so good. Like, good night, Melek. <laughs> and Milo is kind of just, what? what? Hello? Hello? What just happened? What's going on? And he, again, is so proud of himself. And he's so happy. And he's like, well, I guess I will be here two more weeks because you just admitted that you like having me here. And I believe that is me catching you in a lie. And he's like, and boy, do I love winning. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And this whole thing, though, he's getting closer to her. And she's like, uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. she is like. she can't say anything. She, she can't say anything. caught outright. There's yep. no denying it. Well, and he's looking at her in that way that he does. So she's getting all caught up in that. Yep. And I love it because he even is like, good night, Edda. Mm-hmm. And she's like, good night, Sarah Khan. And then as he's walking away, she's like, good night for two more weeks. Oh, boy. Like, she's all <laughs> yeah. blustered and hot and bothered. I love it. So good. So later on, uh, Sarah Khan is waiting in the room for Edda. And she comes in and she realizes 
excuse me, what happened to the bed on the <laughs> This scene is so good. <laughs> And she, now she had said the whole, like, why are you looking at me that way previously in the episode? And Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, that look that you get. And it's basically when he is, you know, devouring her with his eyeballs Mm -hmm. or undressing her or, you know, countless other things that he would be doing with his eyes. And um, so... (laughs) He's like, look, I'm not going to sleep on the floor for two more weeks. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. And she's like, well, you're not sleeping in the bed, so I don't really know what your deal is. But she kind of changes tack and she starts going, you know, you're looking at me like that again. What do you – why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, what do you mean? I love it because he's totally not in like – he's not trying to like flirt, seduce or anything. So he is hella confused by her all of a sudden being like, so you want to sleep in my bed, huh? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Well, yeah. Like (laughs) – but he just means like, I just want to sleep in a bed. (laughs) Right. I just don't want to sleep on the floor. Thanks. That's all that I need. And she's like, you know, it's been a long time since you gave me that look (laughs) and – since, you know, we really acted on that look, it's been about five years, Serkan. And they start talk. she starts kind of grabbing him and touching his shirt. Uh-huh. She undoes a button on him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she's like. And he's so confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like. He's so confused and then, but also turned on. Yeah. And but he's like, like, are you okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> dude wants to make sure if this is going to happen, like she is absolutely in her right mind and consenting to whatever is being led to after dentist he's like is this real life like what is (laughs) happening right now are you is this what are okay um (laughs) and it is like oh man you know is it is it warm in here and he's like yeah yes it's very warm in here and she's like, okay, will you – can you open the door for me, please? It's so – let's get some air circulating in here. And he goes to open the door and she shoves him out and locks the door behind Listen, him. listen. <laughs> Men are simple creatures. This absolutely could easily happen in any situation. Like, you just get down to the most base of instincts <laughs> – yeah, it was it was hilarious. I loved I I thought it was I thought Oh it was my great. gosh. It was yeah. it was a very like typical cliche rom-com moment. Oh, like, totally. I loved it. And of course, yeah. he's like, "What the heck?" Then he realizes exactly what it was and she switches gears so quickly and she's like, "Good night, Sarkon. I'm just going to yeah. get in this huge cozy bed like She's like, have fun sleeping on the balcony. She's like, I guess we'll be sleeping facing each other again since (laughs) I can't sleep on my right side. The trolling. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. So the next morning, (laughs) they she wakes up and he's gone. So she's kind of like, oh, where did he He go? He must have scaled down the side of the house like Spider-Man. Well, and here's the thing. He very easily could have done that. And yeah. there's like all these chairs that he can sit yes. in. And anyway, <laughs> listen, so Sarakon was fine. Okay, he sneezed he a few times. Sarakon was, was fine. He was fine. Nobody needs I don't even to. Think we should have to say that. 
you think. I do love. You think. I do love that one person, I don't even know who it was, but that somebody <laughs> tweeted and uh, locks Sarkhan on the balcony for one night. <laughs> yes. The fandom, that's, that's attempted m- murder. <laughs> if that wasn't it in a nutshell i was like this is hilarious like for what this was it's not like he was calm down oh yeah it (laughs) it it was funny okay it was so it in his whole sniffling the next day was all for extra dramatic effect um totally so she comes down and (laughs) he he and kiraz are drawing and yeah. Kiraz is like, we're drawing, mom. Or no, she's not down there yet. She's just drawing. And Sarkhan's looking at her drawing and says, a house with three ceilings. Interesting. And she's like, don't mess with my style. And he's like, <laughs> oh, boy, you are definitely your mother's daughter. <laughs> and so then Edda shows up and she's like, we're drawing, mom, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And um, the pushy grannies show up. Everyone yeah. shows up again. Sarkon's annoyed because his mom's just being extra doting and dramatic and he's like Kiraz cover your ears until I say to uncover them okay (laughs) so she does and he basically is like mom this is enough I told you to stop pushing with this stop with the nanny stuff stop with the education stuff and then she's like well is she even calling you Baba yet and he's like no she's not and you know what she needs time to adjust and honestly if she calls me Sarkon Bolat for the rest of her life I will be happy like yeah he's happy that. just being in her life I love that so much mm-hmm. and so then he lets her uncover her ears and stuff they're getting ready to go to work and he's like yeah we're not doing this again so he's like well I opened a kindergarten in the company and if that mm-hmm. is not the most Sarkon Bolat oh my gosh like, of course. Of course he would. It's going to – and it's state-of-the-art as we mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. It's got everything they need. It looks like there's a teacher there for them. Yep. Yep. It, it's amazing. Yes. As, of course, Serkan Bolat would provide for his daughter. Absolutely. So he – Ed does kind of like – it's the first she's hearing of it too. So she's like, can we talk over there? And he's like – and okay, there's a few little indicators here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for what – Aisha's probably doing with this because the, oh, he that tells they're going to Italy for sure, right? Well, and he tells Kiraz, Kiraz, draw the house we're going to live in mm. while he and Edda go to talk. So because then later on too, when they're working, well, we'll get to that. So yeah, Kiraz, draw the house we're going to live in so that like keep her busy. So right. Edda and Sarah can talk. You know, she kind of she makes some good points. She's like, hey, you can't just open and do this and make all these decisions for her without me, like. Right. We have to kind of decide this stuff together. Mm-hmm. And she's having to learn that too because she's been the one to make all the decisions for five years. But she needs to also not – Ed is also adjusting to that as well. So, right. you know, he's like, okay, listen, I, you know I just want what's best for her. This is not me trying to overstep. But I also want to mm-hmm. spend as much time with her as possible. I can't work from home forever. So this is a way to have her near me while I can still work at the office. So he's like, right. what about this? How about we go to work today, we bring Kiraz. If she doesn't mm-hmm. like the kindergarten that's set up there, then she doesn't have to come back to it. Right. And Ed is like, okay. Like, I can – like, she can she can deal with that. So, um, John, of course, then winds up coming to work with Pearl because of that. And mm-hmm. um, they get to art life and Ed Sarah gets there with Kiraz. Of course, she loves it. She runs in. John is there. The teacher's there. She's happy. Yes. And um, 
So they're kind of getting her settled and Erdem walks in. This scene was so good. Hey, yeah. Protective Baba. Mm-hmm. And it's hot. He, it's he, so hot. <laughs> he gets a little murdery and he reminded me a bit of uh-huh. his character Yeet from uh Shut Off Messy Lessie. But anyways, okay. So um Kiraz is like, Sir Kambola, that's the man who pulled my hair from my uh-huh. head. And he because Sercon wasn't aware of this until now. And he's like, No, Ada oh, knew, but say he didn't what? Know. And he <laughs> So he walks up and uh, I don't think I wrote anything down. I just said he gets murdery and it's hot. But he basically is like, if you come within within two two meters meters, of my daughter, I will make you regret the day you were born. And Ed does like, I speak from experience. He can definitely do that. (laughs) She's such a (laughs) troll. And of course, Erdem's like, Huh, okay. Uh, he starts to like mumble some stuff, but then he just runs out instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ed does like how so they get her all settled, they're working, and she kind of mumbles to herself, How do I always wind up back here? Meaning at art life, right? And he says, I think you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that, yeah. So, so good. Do we want to talk about Kemal and Idon? Because we switch over to them now, kind of at lunch. <laughs> sure. I have theories too. So Oh, okay. Um, and they're kind of piggybacking on a theory you and I made sometime during the 30s. So mm-hmm. um but well, so tell me what happens. Basically, she and Kemal are having lunch. She's being horrible to him once again. Shocking. And he's like, Why do I put up with you all the time? <laughs> and we all wonder the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I, I wonder why I am, I'm so patient with you. Like, she's like, let it, let's call it patience. And he's like, yeah, well, sometimes I wonder why I'm so patient with you. And then I was going through some old things and I found this picture and it's this old, <laughs> clearly photoshopped picture of Listen, the two of them. Um, there are many talented members in this fandom <laughs> who are amazing and could put their Photoshop skills to great use for you. Let them. Let them. They it do was, it for free. It was hilarious. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. But we see this picture of supposedly the two of them in their younger days. And she's like, oh, man, I remember that. It was so crazy to run into you that day. And he's like, yeah, well, um, you're not even mentioning the best part. <laughs> Which I'm like, <laughs> and we're hilarious. like, say what? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, the best part. What do you? What do you? Uh-huh. Mean? What's, what's the best part? And he's like, I don't. Are you serious right now? You don't remember? And he's giving her kind of the waggling eyebrows, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what I'm talking about? Wink, the best wink, part. nudge, <laughs> nudge. And then she realizes, excuse me, what? What do you? She's like, I thought that we just passed out that night because obviously they were they were both partying drunk. together. Mm-hmm. They were both drinking, and she thought they went back to his hotel room and just passed out. Apparently, that is not the case, and Idon had completely wiped it from her memory. Poor Kimal, he's like, <laughs> he looks I like no, like jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's probably like, clearly it wasn't as good as I thought. Uh-huh. You forgot about it immediately. Because he was like, well, clearly I was drunk too, but I still remember. So yeah. listen, y'all, they hooked up. They, they had, did. They had a one night stand. They Well, and she I I was curious about the context because she says divorce. Mm-hmm. She says, yeah, I was really down. I was really distracted because of my divorce from Alptekin. Mm-hmm. So I – because that's – she didn't say separated. No, she, she said, said divorce. divorce. And I confirmed so, that with three different people just to okay. be sure. Okay. Our sub guy so, was the third because of how it showed when he played. Mm-hmm. But then Willa said the same thing. Um, as did Miriam. So okay. three Turkish speakers have said the word divorced is what was used, not just okay. separated or – so anyways. Right. No, yeah. So she and Alptekin were divorced at the time and she met up with Kemal, her first love, mm-hmm. and they had a little fling that night. And then obviously they didn't keep in touch. No. Um, because they didn't meet back up until we yeah. see them meet back up. In the show. Now. So, go ahead. Well, she is, this is obviously a revelation that she's kind of having to deal with. Mm -hmm. Because she, when you had kind of mentioned when she and Safi are talking to Melo, she talks about people not remembering things. And this is something she's kind of saying to herself a couple times Mm -hmm. in the subsequent scenes after Kimal has this big revelation. And then at the very end of the episode... After Kiraz has her reaction, Kimal says, oh, yeah, it can be really scary. I know that. I went through the same thing when I was a kid. And Idan kind of says, guess what? What, you, what do you mean? <laughs> what did you? Do? What happened to you as a kid? He says, oh, I was in the hospital. I have a strawberry allergy. <laughs> <laughs> and Maury Povich said, you are the father. <laughs> so listen. Okay. So I I don't remember if you remember. I know we try to bleach the 30s from our brains, but it was something that was at least lightly implied as a possibility when we first met him. Um yes, remember they had the same hair. Yeah. <laughs> don't remind me. So so it was kind of a thing the fandom was like is this a possibility? It was never directly brought up. Um, right. So it looks like Aisha and her team have either decided to lean into that or maybe mm-hmm. this maybe this was something she had planned for a while. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. we had that gap of time with her gone. So I have, if you remember, when we were talking about the possibility of him maybe being Serkan's dad and you and I were mm-hmm. trying to make the math work so that she wasn't a cheater. Right. Um, we kind of theorized, well, what if they got together and Brady bunched it? Alptekin had a kid. She had a kid. And they just kind of became a family. Mm-hmm. And basically, but there was no like, oh, this is my step, whatever. They just meshed. And it was just always right. a given to the kids that they're all blood related completely. Yeah. So I do still think that that is a possibility with a mm-hmm. twist. I mean, I think it's very possible that. Little Alp and Serkan um, are um, – um, sorry, I'm, like, losing – actually um, Idons. Like, because my – our original theory was, like, well, maybe Alp was just Alptekins. 
oh right, right remember right. but i i think it could go either way i think we could still stick mm-hmm. with that where little alp could be just alp tequins because yeah. it could seem that they were already having clear troubles early at one point in the earlier days of their marriage that they they separated and divorced yes. so what a way to have a clean break if that kid wasn't actually hers right if they just kind of parted ways but then mm-hmm. she found out she was pregnant and clearly did not remember the whole Kamal thing. So right. assumed, oh, I'm pregnant with Alptakeen's son. And they got and back the to t- – the timeline must have been really close Yes. Here. Yes. So, yeah. So if that's the case, that would make sense like, okay, let's get back together and make this work for the sake of the kids because now we actually share a child. So right. – and then they get back together. It would explain Alptakeen's – favoritism showed towards older brother because he oh totally he is um he is he was his to begin with first Mm -hmm. like um and the maybe not so direct not so indirect resentment and treatment of Sarkhan because Sarkhan's quote the reason he and I don't even got back together in a marriage that already wasn't working um and so see Zuzu agrees um and so I think it's very possible that um, that's the case. So Alptakeen had little Alp. When they when they divorced, he was just like, well, I'll take my son and go. Uh, but then they got back together because, you know, it it is a real possibility that um, Idon loves, loved Alp, little Alp as much as she loved Sercon. Like, people do that all the time. People yes. adopt children. People take, you know, people have stepkids that they oh, love yeah. just as much as they would their own, they do their own. So right. I don't think that's entirely impossible. Mm-hmm. However, it could also be that um, little Alp really was theirs. They did separate. They were trying to figure out how it was going to work. Alp was already a little older anyways. But you bring a second kid a baby into it and that still changes things. So um I think that it's entirely possible too that Alp really is biologically both of theirs. They still kind of decided to divorce and figure out how to make it work, but um when she found out she was pregnant with Sercon, it just kind of changes things because being a single mom or parent right. to a brand new baby is different than being a parent of shared custody to an older, more independent child that Alp would have been at the time. So right. I like that the timing well, and, works. And other things could have happened too with Alp Takin. Maybe he, you know, apologized or mm-hmm. he was like, no, listen, I've been thinking about it. I want to mend this relationship. Maybe he was thinking about little Alp. There, mm-hmm. there could have been a million different factors for them to get back together. Yeah. So I – I kind of was like, I love that we theorized about that way back in the 30s and that yeah. for the most part that theory holds up with a few changes because obviously right. she didn't know that anything happened between her and Kimmel. So I here's my thing too. I, a lot of people were like – people are very split on this because there's a lot of people who were like, oh, please let Kimmel be his dad the second he showed up in the show because they're like, he's just so much better than Altakine was. Right. Um, and other people are like, but now he's not Ebola. And I'm like, listen, Sarkhan can be whoever he is. And Sarkhan is yeah. who he is no matter who his biological relations are. So yeah, because he, Alptekin was his father for right. all intents and purposes. That's the father he grew up with. That's right. the father 
who has always been there as his father. Yep. And I do kind of like the idea that, like, the parallel of Serkan missed out on a portion of his child's life and is now, you know, finding a way to fit into that. Um, and that if this is leading where we think it is, it'll be mm-hmm. the same for Kimal. Like, Serkan right. will experience it as a father and also as a kid – I mean, obviously an adult child, not a five-year-old, but still it will, I think it would even help give him some perspective on what Kiraz is feeling and adjusting to and going through. Um, Yeah. So I, I honestly, I like the idea because here's the thing. I personally don't believe, I, I mean, I don't have proof of this, but I think the original plan was to kind of mend the whole Alptekin Sercon thing. Because mm-hmm. we did see these instances where um, Alptekin was making the effort and yeah. all this stuff. But then I think the actor, Ahmet, wanted to leave the show. And then they had to adjust accordingly. And there's no way if a dude is trying to actually mend his relationship with his wife and son, you can't write him off of the show and still have that be applicable. So right. clearly You'd he wanted to do a casting change and that would just be really weird yes so the only option that was left in my opinion was well we kind of need to explain why he would then disappear from his wife and son's life and he so they leaned into the whole well he's just done he gave up he's sick of trying and it made the most sense for the actor to be able to leave. So, because I know it's like, well, what ha- what about this when Alptekin was making this effort and that effort? And like I said, I do believe that's where it was headed. But then when the show got right. extended, he probably mm-hmm. didn't want to renew his contract. And it, what is production and writing supposed to do? They got to figure out a way to make this work. So they right. did. And yeah, unfortunately, it had to tarnish what little growth we were seeing in his character. But honestly, it made the most sense for him to leave and never be heard from again is just mm-hmm. he's just a jerk and a cheater and a whatever. So um, I do I do like that we're now finding a way to fit Kimal, who was a character introduced by another writing team, into the show um, and also, again, have it be something that kind of fits into the storyline that Sircon's experiencing because – for what I, for the reasons I just said, like he'll be now a father and a child in the same situation. So right. I kind of like the idea of what that could mean. So, um, and you know, I don't hate the idea of him being mad at Idon for even more things and holding right. her accountable to that. So <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, it's it's fairly obvious where Mm -hmm. part of it is going yeah (laughs) as far as the rest of the story yes um so we are back at art life and uh karem shows up (laughs) and he poor guy is just kind of having a hard time he's not used to this sort of work environment he feels really judged he feels like everybody's all foo-foo and prissy and He's like, I say coffee and they say mocha. And yeah. Sort it's of. like a fish out of water. Yeah, because Pina is like, everybody's really nice here. I'll come introduce you to everybody. But he's sort of just venting to Eda. He's like, mm-hmm. these people aren't like me. There's nothing that we have in common. And he just is done. He wants to leave. Well, Serkan overhears this and 
he comes in and pretty much kind of saves the day and mm-hmm. really impresses Eda. Mm-hmm. He's really kind to Karem and he automatically he walks in he's like well he's like hey how you doing okay good to see you here here's uh, a new project i want to hear your thoughts on it i want you to do a mock-up and then present it to me by tomorrow by the way if you're working here you can stay in my house in my apartment that way you don't have to commute all the way back to chile every day Mm -hmm. so he really welcomes him in and um he tells him the company car can be at his use whenever he needs it. The driver's ready whenever he needs him. It's just a really sweet thing, I think, for Sarkhan to do. I think it was one of my favorite things that Sarkhan did this episode because mm-hmm. it – I mean, yeah, it was for Eda because Eda was telling Karam, like, you could learn a lot here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's like, what about – what is it with me in architecture? Like, I'm just a gardener. He's underestimating himself. Right. And he's like, and I'm already annoyed with that Serkan Bolat guy. Like, you know. So Serkan could have walked in and been like, who do you think you are coming into my company saying that about me? Right. But he recognizes that Edda sees potential in this kid. Mm-hmm. Much probably like he saw the potential in her. Right. And so, yeah, I love it. He takes him under his wing. And I love that he doesn't even, like, say, look at what I did for him, Edda. Like, you know what I mean? Like, clearly right. it was for her benefit, too. But knowing Serkan, when he sees potential in someone, he wants to, um, like, nourish that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just one of the sweetest, like, wasn't meant to be swoony, but really was a swoony moment. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. yeah, he immediately makes Karem feel welcome and, like, he's needed there. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet, too, because later on when uh, Karem and Pina drive together to mm-hmm. the Bolat's house and they end up doing some work together and Pina kind of tells him the same thing. Like, look, you're un- you're underestimating yourself. Yeah. You obviously have a lot of potential. And I'm not sure why you don't see that when everybody around you does. Mm-hmm. So it's it was a really sweet episode with uh, Karem and his character and yeah. kind of him – Building that up a little bit and seeing his true potential as far as work goes. I agree. So I do love that as he's getting ready to leave, he's telling Edda because Serkan walks out of the office after that. Mm-hmm. And Edda's like, see, look at this. Like, you're already getting opportunities. And he's like, he looks at Edda because he's kind of like, yeah, I can see you're under his spell. He's like, yeah, that <laughs> Serkan Bolat charisma is a real thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of love that. So Edda's working. Sarakhan's working. Um, She's – and he's like, what are you working on? She's like, I'm drawing plans for the castle um, in Italy. So then he starts talking about, like, maybe we can take a family trip to Italy. And she Mm -hmm. kind of is like, "Mm, okay. Like, yeah. She kind of is more agreeable to it. And then she asks what he's working on. And he just says, drawing a house. But then he starts Mm -hmm. asking her opinions about everything. Yep. About the view. And, of course, she chooses the sea because from day one, she's always said how much she enjoys looking out. Like, when they go to that lunch thing and she's like, look at the view of the sea. I love the view of the sea. When they go to the yep. doctor's house and she's talking about how the, you know, the master bedroom should have the best view in the house because mm-hmm. you're the one living in it. And so, you know, he's like, the sea or the forest? And she's like, oh, the sea, like, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay, well, should, you know, should the dressing room be here or there? He's asking her opinion on mm-hmm. all this stuff, quote, right. professionally. But mm-hmm. come on, he he and Kiraz are 
are making a house for the three of yeah. them. Like, let's yeah. be real. He's going to implement yeah. stuff from Kiraz's drawing. He's mm-hmm. going to implement the things that she loves. And honestly, my biggest hope is that somehow they're able – I hope it's the doctor house that they're that he's, like, remodeling and doing. Like, that's what I really, really want. Um, I don't know if that's possible, if that set's even available or anything like that. But, right. oh, man, I would die if it was, like – and here's our doctor house made to – Edda and Kira's specifications. See, part of me thinks they're going to end up in Italy. Either oh, I, I think okay. I think they'll end up in Italy one way or another. Okay. Whether it's they get married and that's mm-hmm. kind of the honeymoon trip, mm-hmm. as then they go as a family. As a family. Or I think they're going to end up living in Italy because he keeps bringing Italy up. He mm-hmm. keeps talking about her connections there. We keep hearing about all her connections there, the job that she's doing. And he's like, I'll learn Italian. We'll go to Italy. She should have an Italian nanny. This stuff keeps kind of coming You're right. Up. So You're right. I think that there's foreshadowing for Italy, whether mm-hmm. they're going to be permanently there, mm-hmm. whether they're going to go there just on a trip, or whether it's going to be – maybe they're there only while she works on the palace. The castle or palace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I wouldn't, that's what I, wouldn't, I think. I wouldn't hate that either, especially because yeah. – I mean, I know we, she finished school in Italy and all of that, and she was there for a while, but it would mm-hmm. be kind of cool th- that they got to do that together finally, too, because that was the original plan when he rented out a place for right. them to live while she finished school and all that back in episode 13. So maybe we'll get both. Maybe yeah. the Istanbul house will be the doctor's house, uh-huh. and then they're Italy, they'll be in Italy for <sighs> a couple years. Keshke. So, um, Anyways, Denise shows up in the midst of all this, and Sarkhan's yeah. like, "Peace out, I'm gonna go hide." Like, and <laughs> it does like, "What the heck?" Well, then it's put. It, we actually find out she's there for Edda because yeah. she wants to win her back now that she realizes how important she is. So then Edda's like, "Well, I'm gonna go hide too," and she's like, "Pearl, fend her off." Yeah, and it's this whole funny thing because Denise is sick of waiting. She's like, "I've aged 20 years since waiting here, and I've given more time to my ex husbands than they deserve, and I'm not giving any more of my time to anyone who doesn't deserve it, and all this stuff." So she basically just like storms yeah. past Pearl and all her efforts. Mm-hmm. And comes looking catch, for Edda. Did you catch the office boy? Yes. <laughs> I was like, very human esque of to her. Huma? <laughs> um. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah. So (laughs) she traipses her way through the company Mm -hmm. and comes comes storming and looking for Edda. Edda, barely in the nick of time, sneaks into that secret shower room that Serkan has. But that's where he's hiding, too. So now the two of them are hiding behind the door. It's ridiculous. She even points out how ridiculous it is. And she's right. like, but I think you really enjoy these ridiculous little trysts of ours. And he's, like, up in her face and, like, mm-hmm. do you want me to be honest about that with his, like, <laughs> low, growly voice? And she's like, oh, no, her pheromones are going nuts. So she's like, nope, change my mind. Don't answer she's that. Like, Don't be honest. I think she's gone. Time to open the uh-huh. door. <laughs> so they sneak. They come out think they're safe but denise comes back and storms in this is when she has that cocktail <laughs> yeah she's like i had to get a cocktail while i was waiting listen so she you know kind of explains like that she wants edda back all this stuff mm-hmm. she didn't realize her importance her fame blah 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 and edda basically is like you know what i don't like leaving jobs unfinished so mm-hmm. yes like 
I will come back, but here are my conditions. Yeah. I will work remotely from here. I'm not going to be there very often. I'll send a team. Um, Basically, I'll be there only when I absolutely have to be. And so Denise agrees. Sarah Khan the same because she's kind of like, and what about mm-hmm. you? Because um, She wants Sarah Khan back there too. He's more looking at – he's like, where'd you get that cocktail? Did, did they make that here for you? And she's yeah. like – yeah, like blah, 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 blah. And he's – you can tell he's concerned because there's strawberries in it, which means there's strawberries on the premise. Right. And that's more what he's concerned about. Like right. there's strawberries in a building where I – that I own and mm-hmm. I'm allergic to strawberries. So just like in the last episode, all these calls and paying attention to strawberry things. Yeah. Because then after this too, um, we – get Erdem playing in the kindergarten room with Plato by himself and the yeah. kids walk in like what the heck are you doing in here and he's like wait wait stay two meters away from me and Kiraz is like I don't <laughs> even know how to read or write I don't know what two meters is <laughs> and and then John basically is like we won't tell anyone you were here if you give us junk food <laughs> yeah they threaten him they're like, <laughs> they're so like funny. <laughs> they're like if you want us to stay two meters away from you you'll give us junk food <laughs> and oh you won't gosh. tell anybody about it they're all mean <laughs> mugging him staring staring at him i wonder how many takes that scene took because those kids probably were cracking up or like yeah. sarp is just hilarious yeah so he winds up going to the basket of junk food and just tosses two things at them <laughs> like and, they're wild animals no, and, and throwing like, food at them and he's like running out and they're like wait what flavor is this and he says chocolate but when you see yeah. the package that kiraz is holding it's chocolate strawberry yeah so we're again we know what's coming yeah yeah um so, so melo and i get, yeah so we we go back over to the cafe and melo just basically Sits down with Ifair and says, look, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired. I'm worn out. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's another cafe location. What if we just start working there instead? And Ifair, of course, is like, of course, I love you. You know, I wouldn't go anywhere without you or you wouldn't – you can't go anywhere without me. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, I'll come with you. And they're kind of hugging and Burak comes out and they end up breaking the news to him right then. So he's a little confused because sure. he's he's probably thinking, I just told them I would give them a raise. Why do they want to leave? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he he's like, okay, well, I guess if that's what you want, then that's what you guys will be doing. Um, he ends up calling Ada and sort of telling her that he's confused. He doesn't really know what's going on. Will she talk to them? Because he doesn't think that he's been a bad boss or that it's been a bad work environment, but maybe something has mm-hmm. happened that's offended them. So meanwhile, Edda's still at the office while she's on the phone. And she's like, oh, that's really weird. They didn't tell me anything about this. And Sarah Khan walks in as she's finishing up this phone call and she's like, don't worry. I'll talk to them. I'll take care of it. Um, Gurushuru's Janam. <laughs> and, and his drain gone. the pool spidey senses all come out. Immediately he's like, Janam. <laughs> what Janam? And he's obviously immediately irritated uh-huh. by the fact that she would call anyone Janam. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, why are you still standing here after she hangs up the phone? He's like, oh, Janam. 
He's all, well, whatever. You know the girl we made together? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) She's waiting for us. Our daughter, our daughter, she's waiting for us. She wants us to go home. So we need to head out. (laughs) You know that girl we made together. That (laughs) is the best line it's like right up there with I have a dog too, drain the yeah. pool, burn the flowers, F.A. Gite Amaser Camburada, the daughter we girl made together. We made together. <laughs> you know that time we. So petty. <laughs> In the best way. You know, Edda, how we used to have sex all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So. She's like, okay, yes. She's like, but I actually have something to do. And we know her something to do is to go talk to Melo and Ifair. But of course, he's like, oh, is it your day with Booba too? Do you have a Booba day? And she basically is like. to do with Janam. And she basically is like, you don't need to worry about that. I will meet you and our daughter at home. Yeah. So they split. Um, Yeah. So Melo and Ed does heart to heart. I. I yeah. loved that so much because um, this is the first time this season we're seeing them where it's not about necessarily like Kiraz or things going with Sarah Khan and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melo just finally spills to her like, I know that he has feelings for you, but I can't help that I have feelings for him. And she's like, okay, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. Number one, I've always made it clear that I don't feel that way for him. I would never hold that against you. I think it's great if that's how you feel for him. You know, yeah. um, but Melo just explains everything that happened. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't remember anything. She thought they were on the same page and he was talking about something else entirely. Yeah. And, you know, and I love it because it is like, listen, you know, what? if you need to get away, I support that. Maybe he mm-hmm. needs to realize what he's missing. And if he doesn't, that's on him. Basically, he's an idiot then, not you. Mm-hmm. Um, And, ex- you know, basically lets her know, like, what her worth is. And yeah. Whether or not he, whether or not Barack can see that is on him, not not Milo, and totally. you know, and you can tell it makes it cheers Milo up a bit, like it makes her feel good, and you know, and she kind of is like, remember when we used to be sad and we would stay up all night watching rom coms and just wallow together? Like I wish we yeah. could do that again, and and so it is like, let's do it, like let's go to your place and let's let's do this, um, yeah. So that's so- what they go do. So I'm curious what you think. Do you mm-hmm. think that he's on his way out? Or okay. do you think that something is going to happen and they're going to end up together? So according to the character description on Fox, he is like he's supposed – now, I know we don't always stick to character stuff because there's character descriptions about others that didn't quite go that way. But according to the character description on Fox, he is supposed to realize – Who's been in front of him all along? Like, mm. so. See, I don't know how I feel about that. So if, if, yeah. So if that's where it's headed, I would like to see it done in a way where I feel like he's worthy of her and where it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he's settling for her. Yeah. Um, because so that would, would be, Melo deserves way better than that. Yeah. And so if, if we are going to wind up with him, like chasing Melo, number mm-hmm. one, I want him to chase her and earn her. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And number two, it, there would have to be a conversation that basically, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I feel like it would be good for him to have like um, sorted through his feelings and realize mm-hmm. if he had some sort of real realization that it wasn't really Edda that he loved, he thought that's what it was, but right. it was the idea of having a family, some, you know, like, because he mm. clearly loves Kiraz. You know what I mean? Like, more more right. like I fell in love with the idea of what that could – of having something like that in my life mm-hmm. more than it actually was Edda. Yes, I care for her and I love Kiraz, but I realize, like, that's not what those feelings were. It was me wanting some wanting something like that in my life. Um, right. Because, and then if he kind of has this realization of this relationship and friendship he's been building with Melo this whole time, he it's always so easy with her. He's mm-hmm. comfortable around her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, then I yeah. could then I could I I could get on board with that. Well, and I I feel like. With what's happening now with her and Eifer, they're not going to be mm-hmm. working with him anymore. They're going to be separated. They're going to be farther away. This could provide that opportunity for him to actually miss her and to uh-huh. be like, oh, I'm not even thinking about Edda anymore. I keep thinking about Melo. And I've and never thought of I'm- Edda this way, mm-hmm. the way I'm thinking of Melo right now. Like right. for us to see that progression, then it yeah. would be easy for me to let go of it's of the feeling that he's just like settling for right for Milo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it will also it could also provide a situation for him to need to woo her because uh-huh. she is going to have a, her guard up now. She's going to have a wall up because she's just going to be thinking, you don't care about me anyway. Mm-hmm. You forgot about the kiss. All you care about is Edda. And she won't be easy to woo, which mm-hmm. she, again, deserves to be wooed. Yes. She deserves for him to grovel a little and to really have to work to get her. Yes. So I I agree. I think if if all of that kind of happens and – Yeah, and culminates we, well. Yeah, yeah. Then I, I could get behind it. But as things stand now, I'm like, no, boy, you don't deserve her. Yeah, and if – honestly, if if he were just being like written out, I, I wouldn't hate that either. Like, yeah. as now, yeah. if it was just like, oh, he's just kind of, eh, um, right. then I'd be fine with it. Like, I'm not super invested yeah. in him as a singular entity in the show. So. Right. Same. Um, so, okay. yeah. So, thanks for asking that. I wasn't sure if I was going <laughs> to, like, lay all that out. But, um, yeah. so, Kiram is looking at the stars back at the Bullet House and it's just another scene where basically Pina winds up encouraging him to study and push himself because she brings him books. Right. Um, and I, I just kind of love that she's now kind of being his cheerleader and his like, you can do this. Like, you're capable of this. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, then um, we, we get Ed- a quick little – Ink per John Pearl Ingen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because she confronts him, he still won't say anything. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And then Edda gets home to yeah. a to a sulking Sercon surrounded by a candlelit dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who then tries to pretend he's not sulking because she's like, Is this all for me? And he's like, No, this was me and Kiraz. We made dinner and ate it together. Had like basically like a father-daughter date. And yeah. that's what leads her to ask, like, oh, has she started calling you Baba? And he's mm-hmm. – and that's when you said he kind of has, like, a little bit of an emotional, like, no. But also, like, it's okay. I understand. Right. Um, but then he's like, you know what? 
Um, does she confess first or does he? I think she does because he asks how her night was with Jonam. Oh, and you're right. She's like, oh, you know, I could go on and on about all the fun that I had and what a wonderful time. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you would with Booba or, or something like that. He makes some Yes. Remark. And then he's like, but never she, mind. I don't want to know. Like, yes. And that's when she's, and she's like. like, I could say that, but the truth is, since we're being honest, that my time, the person I had to go take care of was Melo. I was with Melo. We were here first and then we went to her house and now I'm back. Yeah. And I love it because he's course, like, oh, Melo. Uh-huh. And <laughs> It this honestly is my favorite favorite thing he said. Like, and I already talked about my I love the Melo and him scene, and it's tied with this one right here with what he says about her. Because right, do you have it? Yes. Okay. He says, "I know your friends, you know, but Melek is the best one amongst your friends." He's like, "I mean, Melek is exactly an angel person, <laughs> which is so cute." I know. He's like, "So you should never leave her side." You chose her well. And he's like, Melek, nice. <laughs> I love it. He's like, all right, she was with Melo. Cool. Yes. That's, that's great. So then that opens the door for him. Like, well, if we're being honest, then right. yes, I made this food for you. And I was a little bit sour when you didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I am really hungry. And he's like, well, I made all of our – I made some of your favorites. I made some of my favorites. And I was hoping we could eat it together. Yeah. So then we get their song playing um, yes. as they eat. And I loved this so much because I remember asking early on, like, what the heck happened to Jeep Amja? Yeah. And so at the end of the montage, we actually start hearing the remainder of the dialogue. And she's like, so basically that was it. There was no more hope for him. And so I retired Jeep Bomja. So basically mm-hmm. he died his final death. Yeah. And now she just bikes everywhere. Um, right. And he's like, oh, okay. So that then opens another door because now they're talking about cars. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, what if you, me, and Kiraz went and picked out a safe family car together and she's like a family car he's like yeah something that kiraz would be more comfortable in something she'd be safer in and we can pick it out together and she agrees and then says you know i really think being open and honest did us good and Mm -hmm. he's like yeah it has so he kind of tries to worm his way back into uh her good graces and like sleeping in a bed together and all this stuff She's like, listen, you're not going to impress me with one dinner, so we're doing the dishes (laughs) and we're going to sleep with our original sleeping arrangements. Yeah. Um, And then it's the next day. Right. So the next morning, everyone has kind of gathered because they have to hear about the two nights. Julia is back to get an assessment of the situation and to hear how things went. She's really happy that everything worked out well. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is going to have a really great effect on Kiraz and as she develops in the future. Um, and they basically – she says, now what we're going to do is we're going to take this opportunity as a group to uh, have an, a time of honesty. And everybody's going to share their feelings and we're all going to be open with each other. And everybody is kind of freaks out and they aren't happy about it. And they're like, why didn't you tell us this beforehand? And Ed, uh, Ed Sarah's like, because we knew you wouldn't come. Yeah. So duh. why would we warn you? Mm-hmm. 
And then we kind of get this whole moment of everybody being honest. So uh, Brock starts. He's like, well, since nobody's saying anything, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start. And he kind of just says, I miss Kiraz. I know that her father came into her life recently, and that's great, but I still miss her. I miss my time with her. And then Sarah Khan's like, well, if we're being honest. Sweet empath Sarah Khan. It's like, if we're being honest, Booba, I really don't like you. Barack Booba. And then Barack is like, well, their feelings are mutual, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed is like, oh, my gosh, Sarah Khan. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's hilarious. Um, yeah. Because here's get. the thing, too. I kind of hope, if we're talking about the whole culmination of Barack needing to earn Melo and all this stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of want Sarah Khan to put him through the ringer because he loves Melo. He does. I and hope he's he- not going to let her settle for anything less than she deserves. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm like, I kind of want Sarah Khan to be like the, well, like – you know, what are your intentions with my daughter kind of a thing only, you Oh, know. he'll totally pull um, the, the protective big brother I need it. I need you it. No, he uh-huh. Yeah. So anyhow, um, so then that starts off this other string of, quote, honesty. Ifair's like, well, I'm never forgiving you, Sarah Khan, for what you did to Edda. And then Aidan's like, well, I'm never forgiving you, Sevda, for leaving my son. Yeah. And Edda's like, you still think I'm the one who left your son? Like, yeah. You know, because we've already made it you're clear. Delusional. Yeah, you're delusional, blah, blah, blah. Everyone starts arguing. And then Safi is like, I don't and Kim all have been in a relationship for five years. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. That was beautiful. And, and okay, we were totally wrong. Because remember when we were like, oh, we Sir Khan knows. Wrong. He's just trying to get his mom to admit Everyone it. Everyone else Everyone knew. Everyone else knew it. <laughs> and Sarah Khan's like – that's why you've always been together. Like, and he he clearly makes it obvious, like, crap, it was so obvious. And he's like, yeah. but I gave you every opportunity all the time. Remember this. And then I love it because he's like, you called everyone else here liars. Yep, and you know what? You're the, you're liar. the liar. And I was like, mm-hmm. ha! Like, yeah. are pigs flying? Are that like, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I am here for him just like holding his mom accountable because mm-hmm. – if everything's going to lead to what we think it's leading to with Kimal yep. Bay, oh, it's – he is just going to rip her a new one. Like – Well, and I mean, yeah, especially if she keeps her same track record and mm-hmm. doesn't say a word to Sarah Khan mm-hmm. because she's going to have a choice. Or Kimal. Because – well, yeah, or Kimal. Because she's going to have a choice here, a very mm-hmm. hard choice to make about who to tell and when to tell mm-hmm. and she needs to make the right decision mm-hmm. because in the past we know she has not made the right decision when it comes to these hard truths but and you know for right now she's innocent because she just barely figured it out right but that time is very quickly going to pass yep. where she can still count it as i didn't know right and, and i was just trying to process and figure out and blah exactly, blah exactly exactly yeah. she's going to have that's going to go up real quick and mm-hmm. she's going to need to make a decision and start actually telling people the truth yeah. very quickly well and in the okay we'll, we'll talk about the fragment after um so it's just this whole crazy – everyone's going nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Let me just say, this is so stinking cute because Kiraz and John are playing yeah. and he gives – he makes her a Play-Doh flower and gives it to her. And yes. she's like, thank you. And she's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to share my snack with you. And he's like, oh, you didn't eat yours yet? Because clearly he ate his. 
Right. She's like, no, I've been saving it. So they open it. Okay. Do you see? She gives him the literal <laughs> crumbs, okay? I think that but she he... probably didn't open it good enough and she couldn't reach in and grab the uh-huh. whole thing. But she just like <laughs> grabs these tiny crumbs. She's like, here you go, John. And he's like, thank you, Kiraz, and gives her a cheek kiss. And I'm like, listen, yes. the Yulda's girl, pow- girl power they hold, <laughs> they give the most literal and symbolic crumbs to these men. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the Yildiz the women. The power of these Yildiz women. <laughs> so they both partake of this chocolate strawberry cake thing. Mm-hmm. So as the chaos is happening, Edda looks over and sees that yeah. Kiraz has collapsed. So she yeah. freaks out. Everybody runs over. Serkan scoops her up and is like, yeah. we're going to the hospital. So And then Edda sees that she's like, she had strawberry. Yes. So they know exactly what's going on. Yes. And they all end up in the hospital. So we already covered the big revelation, the big Baba revelation with Kimal Bay. Right. So they're all waiting. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's stressed. Idon's making these snarky remarks about if she had a nanny. And you know what? Although it wasn't necessarily the right time because it clearly resonated with Serkan, Melo being like, you know what? In the five years she's been with us, this has never happened. You show up in her life and then look. Right. And she's saying that to Idon to be snappy and just to get her to shut up. But clearly Serkan but- hears it. Yeah. Yeah, because when they're internalizes that. Yes. And so when they're called in and the doctor says she may you know, she the anaphylaxis part is over, like she's resting, she'll probably wake up soon. Just her parents can come in and see her though. Mm -hmm. So Edda and Sarkon go in and poor baby, he's so emotional because he's like Edda, you've raised this girl for five years. Mm -hmm. I've barely been in her life a few days and this happens. And God bless Edda because, yes, she trolls him. Yes, she gives him crap in a hard time. But you know what? When it comes down to it, just like in episode 18 when he thought he was responsible for that whole roof collapse, mm-hmm. she knows when he needs to hear encouragement and that someone believes in him. And, and she knows his tendencies because absolutely. she says exactly what – she goes straight to the point of yep. you know what he's dealing with yep. and the the self-conscious yep. uh, – Yep. things the the guilt the and is the, escaping me yeah yeah the the those ghosts so to speak that mm-hmm. continue to plague him over and over and over yes again. and she's because like she tells him yep you don't need to be a perfect father Serkan. she's a kid it happens mm-hmm. if you just be here just be with us and that's enough mm-hmm. and he's still struggling he hears it but he's still struggling with that mm-hmm. um but kiraz wakes up And she Mm kind of looks over at mom. She looks over at dad. And she's like, you guys are here with me. And she's like, of course we are, sweetie. Like, we're always here with you. And, you know, so she grabs Serkan's hand. She grabs Edda's hand. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's good that you're both here. But then she looks at Serkan. And she's like, it's really good you came back from space and that you're here with me, Baba. And Edda looks over at Serkan like, oh, my God. Like, it's this a very sweet, emotional, not what I was expecting the ending to be. I was expecting right. some huge cliffhanger since we were having a two-week break. I mean, we got the cliffhanger with the Kimal thing kind of, but the actual right. final scene of her calling him dad. Yeah. Which is what, probably what – he probably needed that more in that moment than any other mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Because clearly she's not holding it against him. Clearly she doesn't think that he's damaging to her. Right. You know what I mean? She's only – 
pulling him further into her life by now actually calling him by his title. Well, um, and she proved what Edda said. Mm-hmm. She proved it to be right. Yep. If you're with us, that's enough. That's and what matters. And she's like, you're here, mm-hmm. Baba. Like, that obviously is what mattered to her for her mm-hmm. to wake up and have both of them there, both yeah. of them with her, both of them protecting her. So yeah. I, it was it was so sweet. It was a beautiful it- little moment. And I of agree. They're crying. Mm-hmm. It was it's so emotional, sweet. and then it ends. So, yeah. um, I've only watched the fragments a couple times, and it's I honestly, don't even it's, think I've seen them. I it's been more than a week since I've even watched them. I think, but um, in one of them, Kiraz is calling Kemal grandpa, and they're like, "He's not your grandpa," and she's like, "Oh yes, he is." Like, uh, so we don't know if that's like she <laughs> she figured something out for herself, or if she's just like. Just like with Sarah Khan, she felt that bond with him. Oh, that's even before funny. we knew. So I'm kind of wondering if she even feels that bond uh, with Kemal before, like anything's that would revealed. Be hilarious, right? Oh my gosh! And then um, I think that was in the first fragment. Um, okay. And then that's all I remember from it. And then, um, and then in the mo- more recent one, we're seeing that. They're trying to get Kiraz into, like, a private school, but there's, like, only one opening left. And they're up against Angan and Parole for getting John in. (laughs) So it's basically this ridiculous competition. Like, there's, like, a dance competition and all this stuff that you're, like, okay, clearly you would never have to do this to get your kid into school. But this is a DZ rom-com, so, of course, we're going to have to step up and, you know. Mm. But it provides some very hot dancing moves. So, um it, I mean, it's clearly going to lead – yeah. And then this episode summary was released, and basically it talks about how Edda and Serkan are going to remove the borders from their relationship. So mm. I think reunion Gellior this week. Like, okay. I think it's coming. Which, okay. if it is, that means – because this is going to be episode seven, right, of this season? So Yeah. Yeah, so we're covering 45 right now, which is episode six. So – we're on episode seven. If they reunite at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. that still gives us episode eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13. That would give us six episodes of Ed Sarah being back together, which- That would be amazing. I'm not even sure, like, I'm not sure there's that many rom-coms that have had that happen in the final six episodes of a series. Like- That would be so lovely. Because thank God we know that there's no amnesia waiting for us around the corner. Has been there, done no that. Car accidents, no, no. plane accidents, <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So, and you know what else I realized? Because this was, well, this was kind of this was like spoiled yesterday because one of the cast members posted a picture from set. It's just like a selfie, mm-hmm. a group selfie. But Ed and Sarkon are wearing their rings. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, which I mean, yeah, it was a spoiler, but. You and I both knew Aisha was going to bring that back because she's been bringing back and rebuilding every single symbol that they've been – that they right. tore down in the 30s. Although, um, it could be a flashback. It, You're right. It absolutely could be. It, except it it's, could be. It could be. I'm, but it's on their left hands, not their right. Okay. So – and okay. I feel like any flashback in the five-year period, it would be a necklace still because it's still a necklace as far as we know right now in his safe. True. So unless it was a super duper flashback, like to okay. the early days, I'm thinking it's actually their rings. But here's, but this is what it made me realize: whether it's a flashback or not, right now that ring is coming back. 
Yeah. And oh, we'll yeah. and we'll be back in the present at some point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Ashley, we're gonna get an Aisha written proposal for her oh, one of her couples. God. We never all three with John M were not her. We're not. Two two yeah. were Osley and her team. Mm-hmm. And then the last horrible one that we won't that we hate talking about with that stupid drone the was that other least was that other writing John duo Dem thing to do. Oh my John, gosh. Son, John, son. John M? John Nem. John M? Jeez Louise. <laughs> so <laughs> So um Yeah, so I'm like, we're gonna get like an Aisha written proposal or wedding, marriage. And we haven't gotten that before because she hasn't had the opportunity to actually write those parts. So yeah. I'm I'm really excited because I'm like, we're going to get it. We didn't get it with John M., but we're going to get it with Ed Sarah. So I don't care when it's happening. I don't care if it happens in the last 15 minutes of the final episode, as long as it's her and her team writing it. Like, I'm so happy and excited. Um, I mean, I would prefer it not to be in the last 15 minutes of the last episode. Well, sure. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> I would prefer that, but um, yeah. I mean, like I said, the way things are headed, because they're only like three episodes ahead. So even so, even with those set pictures from yesterday, we're still talking like episode 10-ish. Like, you know, nine or 10-ish out of 13. So we're going to need wedding planning. Mm -hmm. We, I want a whole, I want a wedding. Yeah. I for sure want a wedding. And Karaz will be the flower girl. Mm -hmm. And John will be the ring bearer. How cute would that be? Yeah. Super cute. And Perul and Melo can be her bridesmaids. And Ingen and Kimal can be like his, because at that point Mm -hmm. I'm hoping at least he and Kimal will have some sort of settled relationship type thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyways. That's exciting. Exciting. Um, yeah. So um, I think that was it. I don't really have any other theories or anything like that. Um, I will not – I doubt I'll be able to live watch tomorrow because I leave Thursday. I'm driving across the country with my mom because my parents are moving soon. So I'm driving with her to help her get settled. So I will be in the Midwest for the next couple weeks. So mm-hmm. – um, be recording remotely that way but i don't think i'll get to actually live watch for the next few weeks so so i'll be busy packing and stuff tomorrow so sorry you guys but we'll be here podcasting we're still scheduling that to be on time and all of that bringing Mm -hmm. all my podcast gear with me (laughs) so uh we'll be here barring any weird emergencies or anything like that we should be back the next few tuesdays with our regularly scheduled episodes so um yeah, if you guys feel like taking the time to leave us a rating or a review on your podcast listening platform, we'd greatly appreciate it. Helps people, it helps the podcast become more visible for people. Um, and yes, you guys know where to find us. All our social media links are in the episode notes, like always. And check out our merch store. We've got our Senchal Kapama goodies, our Marashla inspired goodies, and our original OG EK inspired goodies. Someone yes. just ordered, someone just tagged us. It was so sweet. She was making her friend like a DZ basket on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And she had a um, either a hoodie or a crew neck sweatshirt. I couldn't tell because it was folded. But she used that Baya Baya Baya, the red like grocery Aww. bag. It looked so cute on like just a light gray sweatshirt. I was kind of like, oh, maybe I need to order one of those. Um so it just made me think of like our original merch and yeah. all of that from from our EK days. So 
anyhow, um, that's it, you guys. So we'll be back next week with episode 46. So until next time. Good shooters. Close to call. Thank you.